0: You are listening to 1015 KOCI LPFM Newport Beach Costa Mesa serving all of Orange County. So yeah, we got that in right there at 305. That's such a bummer. I love hearing that. And we, you know, we outsource our our little bits, our imaging, they call it, to guys who do it and they have a mate like a, the best job ever. They just have to voice stuff that people bring into them and they do an amazing job. So I appreciate what they do. And I just hate that we can't have that today. All the not even intro, music coming back from Brick, so we'll see what we could get going. I think Mike's in studio or in the studio too, so we might be able to drag him in and see what's going on. But anyway, welcome into Sports Sunday. It is 306 and it is Sunday, November twenty eighth, which means it is National French Toast Day. Ooh. But it's also the beginning of the eight day holiday known as Hanukkah, obviously Jewish holiday there. And yeah, I've, I'm not Jewish myself. I don't, know too, I don't have too many Jewish friends either, so I'm not too well versed on it. I don't want to butcher it and make a fool of myself on live radio, but obviously one of the bigger holidays in that religion as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Happy Hanukkah to all who observe and celebrate.
0: Right. And a Festivus for the rest of us. Uh,
1: fe- uh, Festi- well, that's not Festivus yet.
0: there? Festivus is
1: December 23rd, and the only reason I know that is it is my birthday.
0: Awesome. I am
1: a festivus child, which is perfect considering my career is ranting about sports and the ways my teams disappoint me. So <laughs> it, it kind of it, it makes sense. Right
0: there. Yeah. My sister's birthday. They're twins. December seventeenth. So what is what's your sign again? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. I'm
1: a Capricorn. My brother's birthday is December seventeenth. Oh, so
0: what a coincidence. Yeah.
1: There they're Sagittarius's, again. though. But
0: right. Okay. So super awkward because we don't even have music. But the big three at three, third biggest news piece of the week. It's. I just – I feel like I'm – it's like hearing your own thoughts or when, like, music is so loud you can't hear your own thoughts. And this is kind of how it is now. It's it's really funny. But anyway, modern day, they defeated Servite on Friday. They won the CIF southern section – Open Open Division playoffs and sophomore QB Elijah Brown threw 11 for 14, 110 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, but the ground game really carried the best high school football team in the nation to yet another CIF title. It was senior running back Relique Brown who racked up 162 yards on 23 carries and a touchdown in the win. The Monarchs, they will host Sarah High School in the Open Division Regional State Championship. I believe that is next Friday. The the release for the playoffs the regional playoffs for CIF were this afternoon so I kind of scrambled to get those right before I came <laughs> to the studio and we'll talk about yeah we'll t- and anything on modern day I know that you weren't the biggest high school s- sports fan
1: I'm not but-, but funny enough when I was in high school I actually did a shadow kind of internship my junior year of high school at modern day so i thought i wanted to be an athletic trainer when i was in high school because uh-huh. uh, i knew i wanted to be involved in sports somehow and then i i stepped foot into my ap bio uh class senior year of high school and knew immediately that this was not the career for me but um i spent about a month at modern day uh shadowing and taping up ankles so i do have a soft spot for the modern day high school athletic program so i'm rooting for them all the way right yeah,
0: athletic trainers not the it's not everyone's dream, right?
1: Nah, no, <laughs> once I noticed it was like an army of khaki pants and polos and you've seen my outfits that's really right. not
0: not in you my worst yourself. Not but it, you not. could you could have been the trailblazer for like very flamboyant. Oh, I
1: got it. I wanted to do hockey specifically or baseball, but uh-huh. could you at uh, hockey, they literally I don't know if you've ever seen you might see it cuz I know you're going to the game this that's week. That's right. But Tuesday. you might see it when a player gets injured on the ice, the trainer has to like bolt it out in the ice and running on the ice when you're in sneakers is you have to be very careful, so I don't think I could have been too flamboyant depending on the sport there. So
0: they really don't give them
1: skates or like even they don't like have skates, snow, no. Snow
0: shoes. No, anything. no, really? they wear
1: just regular sneakers. Well, the, the Ducks got, the ducks trainer wears Vans, which is so California, I and just, I love it, but yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. Sometimes I, the ref comes over and helps them out to get them there faster, <laughs> like they'll hang right. on to the ref's
0: arm and run. You on. got these 200 pound guys in like full gear and whatever clothing, and then you got to, like, drag them over the S yes, I I feel like there's definitely a compilation of people falling over each other. They're trying to fireman carrier, like... Bring them out on the stretcher and they're just slipping and falling. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, happened. before. These guys are professionals. Okay. They, there's
1: no slipping and falling there. And usually, it depends on what it is. Like sometimes, if you've got like an ankle hurt, they'll put the pressure on the good on the good foot and kind of push themselves lightly on the bad foot. And then they'll have uh, you know two teammates come over and help them get off the ice, depending on the injury. And of course, you know, God forbid something more serious happens, they uh, the stretch they have a team uh, EMT team ready to go right in the tunnel. But uh, that's obviously, God forbid that. Ever happens, you right. hate seeing that. But yeah, it's a whole. Uh, hopefully, you won't be seeing
0: that this <laughs> week. But we'll talk a little bit more about your hockey. I don't about- know. I'm a, I'm a little twisted. What do you mean? You're I, I just want maybe we want to see some drama.
1: Uh, not not that kind of drama. Right, you'll right, right. you'll see some chippiness. This high, yep. the the freeway face-off rivalry is uh it's it's got well a limited history because the ducks are less than thirty years old. But right. there's a lot of blood. there've had there's been some chippy battles between these two teams in the last I'd say ten
0: years, ten plus years. Yeah. So no, you're in for a treat either way. Sweet. And off the top of your head, would you say it's about a fifty-fifty? Like um. His, historical record between the two teams in the regular season, like, who, is this some one team to kind of dominate? It's 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 funny you say
1: that because the Kings really kind of struggled for a lot between the early, you know, back when the Ducks were just this powerhouse team in the two early two thousands, you know. 20, 2000s to 2010s, and then the Kings obviously have the most success between with two Stanley Cups in the 2010 era between right. tw- 2012 and 2014. But they're both like last year they split the regular season series evenly. They obviously both didn't make the playoffs last year, but this is the first meeting between these two teams this year. So this is going to be the beginning of uh, what will be, what will begin between the freeway faceoff. And as I've said it before, these two teams up and co- a lot of young up and coming talent. The Ducks performing very well. The Kings were off to a little bit of a hot start, struggled a little bit as of late, but um, between the Ducks, there's still a lot of players on that team that have, there's no love lost there. You know, you got Dustin Brown, Andre Kopitar, Drew Dowdy, Jonathan Quick, guys that know the Ducks very well, played against them many times in their career, certainly will be an entertaining game. You're in for a treat, I promise you.
0: I've already like been on Google, kind of seeing the rosters, remembering some of the names, make sure I have an edge going in there. Do those four names ring a bell for you? Yeah, yeah. I know there's an Italian guy as well. I think he's on The Kings. Alex, I follow? Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So that's what we were talking about. I knew exactly who you were talking about. And so that'll be fun. And I think it's kind of... It's going to be four of us and there's another guy going, huge soccer fan. And that's like the, the second least knowledgeable sport in my in my book. So I, I've been like double-timing it with hockey, soccer, make sure I could talk some. You know,
1: honestly, the best you way, Yo, people ask, you know, what's the best way to learn a new sport? You know, a lot of people ask on like my TikTok lives, how do you get into hockey? You know, I w- I've been wanting to get into either the Ducks or the Kings. What's your suggestion? And I always say, best way is just watch games watch games, Mm -hmm. ask questions. Hockey fans are those people where it's not a very common sport. So if you get them talking about it and you ask them – they'll tell you they love talking obviously you see me talking about it you know you you just say annie go <laughs> exactly. and i just run with it so if you're going I, you said you were going with kings fans so i'm sure they will give you the whole spiel there but obviously you have my number i'm a text away yeah. if you want to if you want to spew out some fun facts there i got you
0: yeah i'll make sure I, I get that one that one like little fact or that comment that's like chris what are you talking about how do you know that <laughs> And it's gonna be like, Annie told me. That. Right? I can't wait for that. Okay, no, I'm gonna that'll be great. I'm gonna take a little leap of faith here. Try this one more time. Ah we got it! Hey. Number two. <laughs> Coming in at number two, Newport Harbor High School emerged victorious against Temecula Valley in the CAF Southern Section Division 6 playoffs yesterday, defeating the Golden Bears 42-35 to on the road. The Sailors, they erased a 21-point deficit in the second half to win their first CAF title since 2005, 16 years ago. This was only Peter Lothhouse's fourth season as head coach for the Sailors when he took over for longtime head coach. Jeff Brinkley in 2018, I believe. Brinkley was coached for about 32 years there previously. Senior QB AJ Gutron more through 19 for 26, 159 yards and four touchdowns. Wide receiver Cashin Henjem reeled in 11 receptions, 159 yards and two tutties. Newport they'll play Aquinas High School in the CAF SoCal Regional 3AA Finals next Friday at three or at 7:30, excuse me. And we'll actually hear from seniors from the Sailors' senior QB later in the show around 4 15. That's AJ Gutron, Moore. And any, as you know, my, my old high school, I'm an alumni of the Sailors. The and I know they were hype on Twitter. Everywhere I looked, like all all the people I followed were like, I can't believe this side of Newport Harbor. What a story. Because it was insane. They started the year. Their regular season was three and seven, and they won out in playoffs and ended up getting rings. I can, I, heard, I saw something too on Twitter that Temecula Valley they were actually getting their fingers fitted before the game, and lo and behold, they blew a twenty-one point lead to our sailors. And That's just how you wrote it up, you can't do that. Like everyone and people understood that Temecula Valley on paper may have may have been the better team, but I don't think you do that. You don't. Go in before a championship game, get your rings fitted, and then you blow that lead. It serves them right that our sailors beat them.
1: Oh, the sports god that angers the sports gods. You mm. know it does. Oh, yeah. they, they had their fate sealed at the moment they did that because you can't go into any game knowing you're good. I mean, there's that confidence where you go in and like you have that belief, like, no, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. But it's different when you're cocky about it and you're like, let me just get my ring size real quick. It's kind of one of those things, you know how. There's times where you can clinch a game at home, you know, you can clinch a title at home, and then you know the trophy is in the building. You're Mm kind of like, oh, I don't want to think about it. Nope. Don't touch (laughs) it. Okay. Uh, Let's focus on winning the game and then we'll we'll celebrate there. It's, you know, what's the strength stroke? Hor- something about the horse and the carriage. I, I don't know what the <laughs> saying is, but, you know, uh, they, they, they sealed their fate right then and there. You can't do that. That's, uh, mm-hmm. it bears all superstitions. Every, oh, that's so, right. hopefully they've learned from their mistakes and if these guys go on to play any sort of college sport or any, I mean, uh, even their like intramural leagues, if they want to <laughs> do that or whatever college or city they move to when they grow up, but if they play college or even pro sports, uh, they will remember that moment for sure and probably
0: make them cringe a little bit i would cringe (laughs) jesus that makes me crazy i have secondhand embarrassment hearing that right and they obviously yeah they were the favorite oh but but, you know on your point of yeah those when the crew and especially in baseball when they start putting the plastic up in the locker room and they reel in all the champagne and the trophy sitting there and it's like the seventh inning they have a nice comfortable lead Team takes it back, and then you 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 go home empty-handed, all embarrassed. That's exactly what happened here. It's just it's poetic justice, in my opinion, because that is unacceptable for that news to get out into the general public. For Newport Harbor guys to see that and to to do what they did, we will talk with AJ Gutron more at about four fifteen about it, that experience because I know he'll have something to say. It
1: makes me think about the Rays and the popcorn this year, honestly, mm. and then how the Red Sox that just oh angered them and. Obviously, yep. we know the result of that series. So, exactly. Now nah, you can't do that, though. Oh congrats to your sailors, though. That's awesome.
0: Yep. Let's go to number one. Number one. An absolutely wild week in college football. This was week thirteen. How about? Alabama beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl 24-22, to a thrilling game went to overtime, oh was it, four overtimes, and then Michigan defeating Ohio State for the first time since 2011 42-37 first time that Michigan coach beat those guys, I, I just can't believe I was like, and I, I have friends at both colleges, and let me tell you, like the the chirping and the beef between them, like even just like second year students, like I'm a sophomore in college. It's real. Like you go down to Ann Arbor and then down there in Ohio, too. It is just insane how fast they, they indoctrinate you. And you're just you're just one of them. And it is crazy how much that rivalry exists. And now Michigan getting the, this laugh. They won this chapter of the rivalry. I was super hyped to see that. 42 thirty seven. Any, anything to say?
1: I uh, mean, credit where credit is due. I'm not a Jim Harbaugh fan by any means. My father instilled that in me from a very <laughs> early age, but uh, gotta give credit where credit is due, and seeing uh, the students of Ann Arbor just rush the field like that, it looked incredible. The atmosphere must have been electric out on the town and in the bars of, you know, of Ann Arbor that night, so mm-hmm. celebrate it. I hope all Michigan fans are celebrating it. That's the only time I will give Michigan any sort of props in that case, and sending my love to all my Ohio Ohio State friends. I, Funny enough, I Ohio State's one of those fan bases where everybody I've met that's an Ohio State fan, I love. Like, they're just great people. So I have, you know, no issues there, even though they hate Notre Dame. All of them have told me they hate Notre Dame, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. But I... I was hoping for that win for them, because obviously uh, they ha- there's an Ohio team that's playing my Baltimore Ravens this evening, the Cleveland Browns, so I was hoping that they could have at least have one of their teams win this evening, but unfortunately it's going to have to be uh, an 0-2 weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, with the exception of the Cincinnati Bengals, they won today. Yeah. In dramatic, Every- not dramatic fashion, but in an <laughs> embarrassing fashion. the one the time Steelers. Sam
0: can't make it in studio. She did that on purpose, uh, didn't she? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to grill her, because that's the Bengals, man. Now I have Joe Mixon in fantasy, so I don't really mind it, but you know what? Embarrassing loss. Either way,
1: it was an embarrassing loss. But uh, yeah, honestly, props to uh, props to the Wolverines for that big mm-hmm. win. And I th- does this put them in playoff contention? It I does. think yes. We'll talk absolutely. about the
0: the AP poll here yeah. that just came out. So yeah, congrats to Michigan, Oklahoma State. They outlasted Oklahoma in a shootout that rivalry game that finished thirty seven to thirty three. And then, Annie, your Notre Dame, they took out Stanford 45-14. Not a shock. It's a, it's a cakewalk for <laughs> a against the Pac-12 teams there. Right. They Stanford kinda...
1: struggled this year, too. Mm-hmm. So, not a shock there. Um, unfortunately, that, that one loss against, against Cincinnati. So, you know, obviously having that against an undefeated team. Doesn't it makes it a little little lighter there? But obviously, at the the narrative every year is that Notre Dame is overhyped and uh, overrated, and it's, they're not going to escape that. They're not going to escape that, especially with the amount of close games that this team has had, and you know, poor, maybe games that they have had no business winning that they won. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what lies in the football rankings here.
0: Absolutely. And we'll talk about that when we come back from break. Also, huge news. I have an early stock up. Some really good news coming for Trojan Nation, USC alumni listening or students. How about a new coach for your Trojans? We'll get to that news next on Sports Sunday, 101.5 KOCI.
1: The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is here to connect you to the people, places, and memories you love most about our school. Find us online at Newport and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And as always, go sailors.
2: Join us Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. for local motion. Local artist recordings, interviews, on-air performances, and happenings here on KOCI. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bivona and Annie O'Donnell on
0: 101.5
2: KOCI.
0: And we're back. Sports Sunday, 101.5 KOCI. I'm your host, Chris Bivona, here with Annie O'Donnell. Annie, we're talking about a little bit of college football before we get into our NFL slate. Tons of talk there, too. We'll kind of recap the Thanksgiving games that are really exciting. But anyway, I teased you before the break about a new hiring, and that was... USC's hiring of o- former Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley, he's expected to become the Trojans new head coach. It's been reported everywhere I kind of when I was doing the 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 recap or the the rundown here I was doing my research and stuff, and then I get this notification. Lincoln Riley's come to Southern California, and my guys were hyped. I have so, out of every college in America, I would say I have the most friends going to USC. So that those group chats were going crazy. They're excited to have a guy with a career record of 55 and 10 in five seasons as a Sooners head coach, two playoff appearances. What else, Annie? I think he had two first overall quarterback selections as well. So this guy, he knows what he's doing, and Coming off of the Clay Helton era in USC and we have this interim area now, next year, all these recruits, I saw a, a recruit out of actually Los Alamitos, Makai Lemon, he kind of, he tweeted the eye emojis after this news broke out because he is committed to Oklahoma, but if their head coach is leaving now, going to USC, maybe he stays, stays in the area, mm-hmm. who knows, so this, this has serious ramifications for Oklahoma and USC and we'll see what happens in the near future with recruiting and other coaching staff that might follow him but I think this was 100% the right move of the coach like the coaching market in the college football is a little crazy right now and you know coach O over in LSU he was a name that got thrown around but obviously he pretty much got fired fired from USC so we'll see what happens with him but I think in terms of right here right now USC's hiring of Lincoln Riley big money move.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just given what Riley, I mean, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. like b- prominent names, guys that are making big splashes in the NFL at this point. I'm sure the players which if you got to feel bad for the players the most at USC. I mean, all the trouble with the their athletic department and I listen, I'm not a USC fan by any means. I don't keep that a secret. <laughs> so I just consider them one of the most corrupt athletic departments in all of the NCAA (laughs) and I will stand by that but you know that's not on the players in there Mm -hmm. that's not on the players that's on management that's on the university I'm sure they're absolutely stoked about this I'm sure all the kids that are looking at USC have done recruiting trips because a head coach is huge so many people will probably decommit and com- recommit to USC. I, 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 there's no brainer there. So if you're a Trojan fan, you got to be pumped about this. Uh, yeah, not, not, not a lot to hate here.
0: Fight on, baby. It's going to be good. I uh, mean, that, obviously, I would be stoked if I were to get into USC. That's been my the number one on my list coming out of Orange Coast College. So we'll see. I think i got a pretty good resume coming in. But, well, yeah, I'm excited. It, I, I feel like I'm already there.
1: Would you be fall 2022 technically? Yeah, yeah I would ah. be. I would be. They
0: don't do. They're like the one school that doesn't do spring admin, and I felt like really? if I if I were to apply to schools, why would I go to another school in the spring for a semester and then like try, like go over to Boston or something That's... and have to go back? So I just right. thought I'm gonna take this time in the spring and summer, do a couple internships, make some money, get some experience. There you go, and then go right in. Maybe it's USC. Maybe it's Emerson College. Who knows?
1: But. I I remember that. I remember a lot of friends of mine getting into USC and then but they would grant you like second year admission or something where it was like not freshman year. They would grant you like, oh, go do a year somewhere else, go to community college, go to another school and then transfer in. A lot of my friends were like, Why well, why would I do that? Right. That doesn't make sense here. So they obviously all ended up going to schools, other places. But no, it's, I, I like that plan for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Plus you get that. I mean, you've gotten so much experience here, but then you think about getting internship experience elsewhere, wherever that may be, a team, mm-hmm. a, you know, a
0: journalism outlet. Right. You know, Someone who outlet, could pay me, me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. NBCLA, call my name. I, there's <laughs> a lot of good, it, just for anyone interested, on, I, think, I believe it's Joiner, joiner.org. They have... Amazing outlets to journalism internships. A lot of them, pay, I think all of them paid. Now, I th- that's one of the best trends, I think, in our society now, especially that industry is the paid internship. I just don't think free labor really gets it anymore, just with the cost of the living here, especially. Oh, absolutely. But I think, yeah, very good. That's, that's joiner.org. Don't quote me, but yeah. you'll find it there.
1: Friendly reminder that college credit is not an acceptable form of payment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a reminder for you yeah, too. That's yeah.
1: for all my sports internships in college. That's how I was quote paid, and it's just not it's enough just anymore. Number. So yeah. I love that this movement is happening, where companies and organizations are realizing, hey, we got to be able to pay our employees here,
0: hundred mm-hmm. percent. And USC, speaking of them, they fell to BYU thirty-five thirty-one this week, but their season's over. They're just hyped to get this coach come in next year, locked and loaded. A lot of these recruits and see what they could do in the Pac-12. AP poll, Let's so three minutes left before we go to break, Annie. Let's just run down this AP poll here that I have in front of me. All right. Georgia, obviously the consensus number one. They they have the most points by a million, yeah. so it, they're not going anywhere. I, don't, I think they could pretty much lose and still be number one in the poll. Michigan number two, Cincy three, Bama four, and then in the outskirts you have Oklahoma State with their huge win, and then Notre Dame at six. Do you think the time, do you think there's a possibility that one of these, in the, in the outskirts, Oklahoma State or Notre Dame, they can knock off that Alabama. Maybe Cincinnati has a heartbreaking loss in the last couple of weeks of the season. What, what's your thoughts on this?
1: I think it's possible. I think anything's possible at this point in time, plus the college football selection committee. I just, to take Alabama out, I think would be a stretch. They, It's hard to picture a c f b playoff without Bama in the picture, and there's so many. You countless times you think back. I mean, what was it? 2017, I th- believe it was, where Ohio State, Big Ten champions, best, but they had that one loss against Iowa. And even though they had, were a better team and had a better record than Bama that year, out oh, they put. Mm. No, they. Excuse me. They didn't have a better record than Bama that year, but they did not win the conference that year. And there was there was two SEC teams, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if it was uh, LSU. Can't, it was LSU. I'm, I, I'm gonna I cannot have to remember. Better. I need to look that up real quick, but it was caused a lot of controversy, especially amongst Ohio mm-hmm. State fans. So, if there's any way that they can put Alabama into that top four mix, they're going to do it. With it. unless there's just an absolute absurd case otherwise. Yeah. But you could look at that Texas A and M loss and say, "Hey, that's a case where we can't put you into the college football playoff." There's right. too many other talented teams that didn't have that embarrassing of a lo- not. I wouldn't say it was an embarrassing loss. It was a close game, but still. Not a worthy opponent to lose mm-hmm. to, so I, I think it'll be a challenge to see one of those teams slip in there. But hey, I've yeah. been I've been wrong before, right, so. right? And
0: they do follow the money, and Alabama grosses the most. But oh, I don't I don't want to say that as a factor I'm sitting here right now talking about sports and the performance. But man, uh, yeah, like a year, it's like a year without a Santa Claus, a playoff without Alabama. I just I just couldn't see it. I think got no Clemson time, yeah, this year either. Time, time is ticking. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the, the household names, and then obviously no Pac-12, which we're bummed about here, but we, we got to wait for that a couple more years, it seems like. All right, 330. Before we go to break, one last thing. I just want to say that I think the the Heisman race is pretty much over. I'm looking at the odds here, looking at the stats, and Alabama's QB, Bryce Young. I think the Crimson Tide play caller, it's not even close. I think he will take it home. The odds, just to put in perspective, I don't even think I have to use stats here, is if if the, if the books at Caesars Palace are going to put him at under, or minus under 200 and the next closest is plus 450, then the next closest is plus 1,600. That just puts it into perspective for me, in my mind. Bryce Young is probably going to be your Heisman Trophy winner.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. It was Georgia that was the SEC team that was also. That, it was Georgia and Alabama that got in to the college football playoff
0: that year with Clemson and Oklahoma at one and two. So right.
1: needed to, That was going to bother me. I needed to look. Thank that you. Up. We appreciate
0: the <laughs> research. Okay. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the NFL slate. Is week twelve already? Week twelve of eighteen. Talk about Thanksgiving slate Sunday and then. Say who you got for Sunday night football and then Monday, of course. We'll be right back on Sports Sunday 101.5 KOCI.
3: Yourtronic services and repairs all brands of Apple and Windows computers and cell phones. Only 15 to 20 minutes to repair any broken iPhone screen. Water damage, battery problems, sound issues, virus removal, slow computers, software install, and data recovery. Home or business, and the best part is they're right here at 17th and Irvine in Costa Mesa next to the 7-Eleven on Irvine Avenue between Elle's Pizza and Ruby's Sandwiches. Open 7 days a week, 949-791-7206.
2: Commercial and residential pressure washing by Eugene is available right here in the Newport Beach area. Gutter cleaning, window washing, algae removal, and more to give your property a better look. Eugene can pressure wash anything, 949-400-3552. That's 949-400-3552 or
1: NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. That's NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com.
0: We're back Sports Sundown, on 101.5 KOCI already through this show seems like it's blowing by because usually we talk about football much earlier we start NFL slate much earlier but we got to talk about the most pressing high school football and college football news as well so here we are halfway through the first hour of the show let's talk some NFL slate any where do we start I think Thursday m- most fitting start with yeah, the Thanksgiving most, games m- most fitting to start with Thanksgiving what do we start with here Bears, Bears,
1: lions. Of course, that was the first game. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I mean, we kind of expected
0: that game to go that way. Matt Nagy lives to see another week. It was close. It was. Yeah, I know. And obviously, the I don't want to call it fake, but there was like an insane rumor, like on the verge of being fact, that he was going to be fired after this game, and then kind of debunked. I, I believe it was like either the night before or like morning before the game. And then, obviously, Bears win off of a field goal. Lions looked pretty good off the gate. They got they had the first lead of the game, and then DeAndre Swift obviously had that shoulder injury out for the remainder. And then the Bears just came back. Andy Dalton, Darnell Mooney had an amazing game receiving, and they just got the job done.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, I... I, I I'm trying to put into words this this kind of uh, this game that we were watching here. I know I was cooking; it was like one of those things that yeah, games you had on in the background for me mm-hmm. as I was um, helping cook Thanksgiving uh, dinner with my with my family there. But was able to catch a little bit more highlights preparing for this show. And as as far as the, my thing that stuck out to me was the offensive line having six holding penalties, but ten total this game. Whoa! That. I, and I've given this Lions team a lot of credit. They've made a lot of close games. They, you know... I would say they're a team that really doesn't deserve to be winless just with the amount of, you know, games that they've really put in a lot of effort and a lot of good plays together. But, I mean, here they did not deserve, uh, this game should not have been this close, uh, just given the play by the Lions, but obviously you're playing the injured Chicago Bears here. So, I I think we all kind of expected this game to go this way with uh, Andy Dalton and Tim Boyle (laughs) at uh, at getting the ball for quarterback for each (laughs) team. What a marquee
0: matchup that is. no kidding.
1: That's that's what you (laughs) want to wake up on Morning to watch.
0: Yeah, unless you got some fantasy steak like I did. I, I kind of liked how Dalton threw the ball deep to my guy, at <laughs> least. But and and then the next game, I think this was this was the game of Thanksgiving. Oh, absolutely! Raiders, Raiders, Cowboys in Jerry's world. Raiders, they get the best of them, thirty-six to thirty-three. It was just penalties. It was for the Cowboys. I think. That any any level headed football fan you talk to, they're going to say the Cowboys are a better team than the Raiders. Right. But it was just about, honestly, it was Deshaun Jackson just running a seam, making mayhem in the se- in the Cowboys secondary. I thought it was just a display of maybe that. Uh, the immaturity of some of the corners there, just like they had to grab Deshaun Jackson or he was going to score that 70-yard touchdown. And he got yeah. away a couple times too, but it was something like three receptions over 100 yards receiving. The veteran wideout just got the complete best of those young corners for Dallas and eventually came into overtime. I thought the odds looked good for the Cowboys, but Raiders, they kicked that field goal. Game over.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had no Amari Cooper. You had no C.D. Lamb but gotta give michael gallup and cedric wilson credit where credit is due Absolutely. In 106 and 104 yards receiving decent for not having your main backfield out there but um no not backfield excuse me but um i just it was one of those things where watching the game like like you said the cowboys could have and should have won this game very easily and given that their replacements here um The fact that it did go to overtime, I was like, all right, you know, we got an entertaining game out of it. But um, I know on here we've kind of uh, one of your points you were kind of making are the Raiders pretenders in this situation. I wouldn't say pretenders. I, I really don't I think this Raiders team just knows how to win football games and I think that's mm-hmm. what makes you a great football team. That's what makes you last through the season here. They remind me, coincidentally enough, they give me a lot of Baltimore Ravens energy here. Um, given it's which is funny to say given the Ravens lost to them week one and because they prove that. They have different guys step up each week to win games. And you know, you do what you gotta do and they send it into overtime and uh Derek Carr and the Raiders pull out the win
0: absolutely i th- yeah I, I i put that question there because i was just thinking that division they play in super competitive i don't know wh- what way it might go but sitting at 6 and 5 they've beaten some really good teams i think if they finish the season strong get one of those wild card spots maybe win the division i don't want to put that one in yeah. anyone's head yet but they're a gritty team like you said and yeah. they could beat anyone on any given day but it's just about the consistency Derek Carr can he be that guy Josh Jacobs kind of an underwhelming season here for him as well defense trying to find their identity they're getting to the quarterback more and more it's looking really good obviously facing the adversity losing your coach John Gruden but they seem to be be catching their footing a little bit better and for the Cowboys it's just about staying healthy not getting COVID and (laughs) <laughs> just letting Dak do his thing because he is an amazing quarterback. You saw him in those two-minute drill-type scenarios carry the offense. It didn't matter who he was throwing to, whether it was Cedric Wilson or Michael Gallup, Schwartz. It, it did not matter, but he got the job done, forced an OT, just fell a little short. I just thought it was the secondary. secondary's doing in that the blowouts, the big plays, the penalties, the holdings, PIs, whatnot. Yeah. That is what cost the Cowboys game. It wasn't the the talent.
1: No totally agree, and uh, yeah, you know, for both teams, obviously, I know we've looked at uh the cowboys schedule, they're pretty uh. If I remember correctly, they've got a nice nice schedule going into the end of the season. We've got, what, six weeks left, technically, right. of this season. A lot can happen here. I know mostly for a lot of teams, you've got the division matchups coming up. But for the Raiders, got it up here. We've got the Washington football team come next week. A very winnable game at home in Vegas for the Raiders. Then you've got the Chiefs. Then you got the Browns. Then the Broncos. Then the Colts. And then the Chargers. So, I mean, I'd say... Winnable games for the most part. I think the Chiefs obviously could give them a run for money. The Colts too. The Colts Col- have been playing pretty good. Colts have been playing some good football as well as the Cleveland Browns. So take at least you got to win most of those division matchups for mm-hmm. them. But hey, ride the momentum. This is a big yeah. win for that
0: Raiders team. Yeah, two really good teams there. Raider getting the best of them, and then the final game in that Thanksgiving slate. Big blowout. I don't think anyone was really surprised. One of the best defenses in the league just went against Trevor Simeon, and then I don't even—I can't even name you the third string Saints running back, So Jones Jr. <laughs> they, they just could not get anything done. One garbage time touchdown. Thirty-one to six is the final score. Josh Allen th- threw the ball pretty well, and and I think Diggs. This was. I would I would say a breakout game this year, not the most overwhelming season out of him after being the leading receiver last year, but right. Allen, four touchdowns, digs. I think he had two. And they blew him out. And the Bills back back there with the the Patriots. I know the Patriots, they, they won today against the Titans. Yes. So th- that's just that's going to be the race of the year, I think. Funny Bills enough, versus Patriots.
1: Funny enough, they are the Monday night football game next week, right? so they're going into a must-win matchup from the Buffalo Bills, and what a way to bounce back from getting blown out by the Indianapolis Colts that we just spoke have been speaking some, not speaking, playing <laughs> some great football so far. Some great football lately this year, but uh, yeah, the Bills needed to win this game, and they did so in a dramatic fashion, mm-hmm. especially after last week where the talk yeah. was, you know, this Bills team has holes, and we we spoke about it, and, I've, and it, not that it's wrong i mean there's holes in this bills team obviously they've been able to get blown out a couple times so far this season but next week is an absolute must win for them and they started off on a great foot with a dramatic showing in the superdome
0: in new orleans right i think every like you said must win game i think at this point when you play the patriots twice to end the season and you're a game back every game becomes must win yeah especially who this is at home, too. This yeah. is
1: in Buffalo. Ooh. So, got to do it in front of your home fans, the fans that have been tortured by the New England Patriots for the last 20-plus years. So, got to get this win at home for the morale of both the team and the fan
0: base. 100%. And then, yeah, let's get into the live slate. So, this Sunday, just right now in front of me, Dolphins, they blew out the Panthers. Cam Newton, his first, I guess, reality check, wake-up call. Not a good game out of him, too. Interceptions. He was benched. Panthers, a team that's trying to get into the postseason, losing to a team desperately clawing their way back. Any, the Dolphins were not even in anyone's mind when it came to a playoff hopeful. They were. I I thought they were one and seven at one point, and now they're five and seven after this win against a formidable Panthers team. They get it done to a huge win for him. His confidence. Now they're, they're in that AFC East. Who knows what could happen? The, the expanded playoffs at 5-7, and seven, they're on a four-game win streak. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know about the division here. I still think yeah. the division comes up to the Patriots and the Bills there. But, I mean, those wild-card spots, uh, who knows? Depending on how the last few weeks of the season goes. But, yeah, you got to give credit where credit is due to the Dolphins. Huge win today. And who are they playing next week? That's an excellent question.
0: I would guess.
1: I would have to. I feel like I should just have like every team schedule up here because it's always you know, kind of it's good looking at what they have, oh, what they're looking towards. Uh, Giants. Ah, uh, okay, they could win that game. Yeah, winnable. Winnable game. Then they got the Jets, and then they got the Saints, and then the Titans, and then the Patriots. So uh, last three game I'd say their next three games are very winnable. Obviously, mm-hmm. we got a bye week somewhere. Yeah, they, their bye week is not next week, but the week yeah. after. I-
0: I think first things first is get back to five hundred because yeah. you're not going to be a playoff team at 5-7, and seven Like, and we'll see maybe t- two more wins in this win streak, carry that momentum into some divisional play, and try to get a wild card spot. Yeah, I do yeah. think that they're not going to win. They're not going to beat the Bills or the Patriots at this point, but no. they could make some noise, get a tiebreaker, get lucky. Other games, Bengals, another blowout. They beat the Steelers. Shout out to Sam Holt. Happy birthday, happy birthday weekend. <laughs> Bengals, they blow out the Steelers 41-10. to 10. They're in Cincinnati, but Joe Mixon, my guy, my RB1 in fantasy, getting the job done with some 30 fantasy points. But in real life, I think this is what the Bengals need. They're 7-4. and four. They're cruising comfortably. They're in the playoff picture. They just got to cruise. They got to win a big game or two, take the gimme's. And I can't even remember the last time they are in the playoffs. Maybe 2016?
1: I think so. With the,
0: it was definitely an Andy Dalton era oh, team. For sure. Yeah.
1: For sure. And I think uh, correct me if they already played the Steelers once this year in Pittsburgh and they won. So yeah. they're they're they swept the Steelers in this yeah. that's huge. Right. That's huge for them. Um have the Bengals played the Browns yet? Do you know? Yes. They, it, I
0: think they have once. Okay. And I think it went the way of The Browns? The Browns. The Browns blew them out.
1: Okay. Oh that 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 makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh I, you know, the Steelers, it's funny. Uh, und- they had that overtime tie, not overtime that tie to the Lions, and then they've lost the last two after that, which we got I, I need to give credit where credit is due. I know we didn't speak about the Sunday night g- uh, the Sunday night game because we were uh, here when it was just starting to get started but uh, what a showing at SoFi Stadium oh there. My. What a turnout for one from the Steelers fans, which is unsurprising Steelers na- Steeler Nation travels very well, but they made it interesting. That fourth quarter, the Steelers came back. Obviously, some crucial mistakes there that set up the Chargers for the win ultimately. But um, gotta give credit where credit is due. That was a fun game of football to watch. But yeah, oh, Steelers got to get back on track, man. Yeah. And some people, I mean, a lot of people picked them to win the AFC North this year too, which is like still this guy. yeah. The, you and Sam <laughs> both did, I think. Which uh, I, you know, I respect it because you know anything can happen in football. But I was scratching my head a little bit. I was like, you got the, in a division with the Browns, the Ravens, and you know with Joe Burrow and the Bengals in here possibly, but obviously losing Juju, huge loss for the, for the Steelers this year. But, um, I mean, if, correct me if I'm Who do the Steelers play? No, the Steelers play the Ravens next
0: week. Ooh, Steelers- more divisional stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's getting crazy. That it division is. is so exciting. Steel- I think they're the most exciting. They may not be the best, but I think they're the e- most oh, exciting division closest, in football. Closest,
1: for sure. Yeah. I know the Ravens schedule, it goes Browns, Steelers, and then Browns again. Whoa. So, three must-win games for the Ravens, but we'll get into, I know we've got a slate of games to get through, so absolutely. I'll hold off <laughs> on my Ravens
0: talk. But no, just defending my pick of the Steelers, I thought that their defense would carry them. I didn't care how Big Ben would perform, it was gonna be the defense is gonna allow like no more than three scores a game because they're they that's how they were last year. But when you let a guy like Joe Mixon run for 180 yards a game, that's unacceptable for a team held to that high of a standard. TJ Watt, obviously back and healthy. Some of their secondary pieces were absent in and out. This year I know they're missing Joe Hayden, but they, they got to get it together because 5-5, five and five, this is not a Mike Tomlin team like we know. We know that they could play much better, and I think the talent is there. It's just got to click. We got to have Big Ben carry a little bit, yeah. and we'll see what could happen.
1: Uh, the ra- uh, Looking at the Steelers' schedule ahead, you said 5-5-1, five, five and one, not acceptable. They've got... Six games left of the season. They've got the Ravens, then the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and then the Ravens to close out the season. That's not an easy schedule to take on. So what do the Steelers need to do to get to a winning record? I wish we had Sam on the phone here because I know she would have a boatload of things to say here. But you you rocked with the Steelers. They were your AFC North pick.
0: What do you think? They have to click on defense. I yeah. think that it's the big plays, killing them, penalties too. I think that Big Ben just needs to muscle up and be competent. I think there are times when they rely on his arm, but he's just not there. Obviously, it hurts when you're missing guys like Juju. You don't really have a defined wide receiver. One you have Chase Claypool, James Washington, and among other guys, Deontay Johnson, just kind of running around out there, and you're you're making your rookie Najee Harris, the running back, take. 30 touches a game no more no less it seems like and that is just not a sustainable offense right. you're not scoring enough points and your defense is not keeping you in games when that's your calling card and that has been your calling card for as long as I've been alive it seems like is the Steelers just they just roll and they do what they have to get forced turnovers protect the quarterback All the little things, the nuances of the game, they do so well because they're so well coached under Mike Tomlin. And that is what I think. And it's just kind of unraveling slowly, slowly, slowly. You have injuries and just adversity. One thing after the other, it adds up. And now you're a 500 team. I don't even think Mike Tomlin's ever finished 500 or below. And this would be like the first year ever. So...
1: I mean, there's, there's still, obviously there's time to right the ship and get on course, but they got to do it fast and mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of flexibility. There's not a, there's not, no, give. I would say there's no giveaway game they have left. Possibly the Vikings, but the Vikings have been playing some great football as well and are in the playoff mix as well. So I, they got to right the ship. Honestly, if any head coach is going to right the ship and get these players back on track, it's going to
0: be Mike Tomlin. 100%. And just a little, I think a pick six here by Green Bay over the Rams. Uh, Green Bay is giving it to LA right now. I think it's 30 something to, they're up by multiple scores. Wow. I'm not showing the scores right Look now. At but that. yeah, we got the TV working in studio. A little distracted, but that's okay because it's some football. Other games in the slate. I just want to power through this before we go to break. Yeah. Buccaneers They edged the Colts 38-31. Leonard Fournette, four touchdowns in this matchup. Big comeback win for the Buccaneers.
1: I'm a Leonard Fournette fantasy owner, so mm-hmm. I am
0: quite pleased. Very good. Very underrated running back, I think, ever since his time in Jacksonville came to win. He kind of goes underrated under Tom Brady there, but very, very good still. Patriots, they blew out the Titans 36-13 in Foxborough. Patriots now 8-4, leading the division like we mentioned earlier. Giants, in a very exciting game, they beat the Eagles 13-7. Not too much offense there. I couldn't tell you the story of the game. I don't think anyone besides those Philly fans in New York watching it, really underwhelming, 5-17, and 4-17. Giants get the W nonetheless. Falcons, they beat the Jaguars 21-14. Cordell Patterson came back, and he was electric for the Falcons. And the Jets beating the Texans 21-14. Zach Wilson getting a good win there in Texas, I think. Really good matchup.
1: Good for him. Good
0: for him. I think he's the most frustrating rookie quarterback so far for me. I just... The hype was so real coming to the New York market. He was so confident. He kind of just looks like a male, like a Ken doll. And again yeah, yeah right and
1: <laughs> i know everyone's joking that he looks like a disney prince or like he's supposed to be in a disney movie
0: literally it, like it looks exactly like that and he just can't get it done and i think he did have an injury towards the end of the game there but anyway the jets do get the win i don't know if he came back in that but he was distradled and then you have the live games, Broncos beating the Chargers 21-7. That's on CBS right now. You could tune in probably in this area. We're listening in Southern California. Packers winning 30-17. And 49ers beating the Vikings 31-26. Breaking news. Just got a report right when I said that. Dalvin Cook is being carted off the field. That is the premier oh, running no. back for the, the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll see what what that story is. But... Down in pain, medical staff surrounding him, people circling around him with a knee. That's all Adam Schefter's reporting, so we'll see what's up with that, but obviously, prayer's up to him. Hopefully, he could make a recovery. He's fine. Hopefully, not damaging to their season. Vikings really getting it together there, 5-5. Five and five. Wow. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and then we'll do some stock up, stock down. Talk a little bit of football maybe when we come back. Sports Sunday at one oh one five KOCI. Let's-
2: Kammauer-Crampton Family Law provides top-notch litigators with decades of experience known for their courtroom skills and high-end premier customer service. The attorneys at Kammauer-Crampton clearly explain every detail about legal options working with you towards solutions that meet your family's needs. 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes the difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not .com, It's divorce.legal.
3: If you're a business owner and would like to have your business on the air, donate 10 toys to the KOCI Children's Toy Drive to receive 20 radio spots. It's as simple as that. The deadline is Wednesday, December 15th. Our contact information is on our website at KOCIRadio.com. That's KOCIRadio.com.
2: and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 K-O-C-I.
0: And we're back. Sports Sunday, 352. Let's spend the rest of this hour, Annie, talking a little NFL in the form of our favorite game, this or that. I feel like we play this so often now that we should get some imaging for it. I'll get our guy to say, you're listening to Sports Sunday, K-O-C-I, now, this or that. Something like that. Something cute. But... Yeah, one of, my, key. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite games, honestly. I I have some really mind bending ones, a little silly ones today. Oh boy. So I hope I hope you're ready. Oh, but God. I'll start I'll start you off with a more tame one because we gotta ease into it just a okay. little bit. I don't wanna like put you into shock. Oh okay, so shock I okay. Would you would you rather Have your team play in the London game, or or would you? Sure, you're going to this game. You're going to be in attendance for your favorite team. Okay, a London game or a very packed home game. Very packed home game. Why? Eh.
1: At uh, The London game? I want to be with the fans. I want to be have that atmosphere, that game day atmosphere there. Um, with all due respect to our, our friends across the pond, uh, if I'm going to London, I'm probably going to do it, you know, for sightseeing, tourist stuff. If I, you know, if the Ravens happen to be there at the time I am there, happy, that'd be cool. But I, I, I want to be at the bank in Baltimore with the flock. So that's what I'm taking. How about you? Sure.
0: I wanted to. I would go to the London game because I do see them in the in the in attendance and they have all their gear. I'm like, where do you guys buy this? You have to be shipping it out there, and it is packed like Wembley Stadium. Another you know there's the internet. You can order stuff online. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I think I don't order like stuff from Europe all the time, and obviously, like I'm not a huge fan of whatever like right. soccer clubs. But anyway, yeah, you're right though. I just think the atmosphere would be cool. You walk out of the stadium into the pubs, whatever, and it would be dope. Because I remember when the MLB, they when they had their London thing, it was a really cool experience. And then uh, one of my f- my brother's friend's dad's, I know like three degrees of separation there, but he was at a pub before the the Yankee the Yankee Red Sox series in London, and they, he actually met Alex Rodriguez in a wow. in a pub, and it was pretty cool. So I, I would think it would be. An amazing experience to before after the game you're out and about in the town and you're you're running into Cordell Patterson you're running into whoever like Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup all these guys and they're just they're doing the same stuff you did tourist stuff because you know like when the teams travel they always like to see what's around the city and especially if they go across to London I think it'd be pretty dope so I would say and I could always go to SoFi Stadium but I'm not always going to be able to go to a London game with my favorite team playing. True true. You got one now? Fair enough,
1: I do. Okay, this one's kind of, I might have toyed around a little bit, but the, there's football involved in here. Okay. NFL Thanksgiving or NBA Christmas?
0: Oh man, i it's NFL Thanksgiving. Alright. I, I love the Christmas games, especially the, the classic ones. One of my most vivid memories of basketball is actually the, the Cavs-Warriors Christmas game where yeah. you had kind of back and forth as time is dwindling down, Kyrie Irving hitting that Turnaround jumper over Clay Thompson wins it for the Cavaliers. It's it's really exciting, but I think there's nothing like sitting with the family that's really invested in football too. One of my cousins is just a huge fantasy football nut, huge football fan. He was kind of testing me, quizzing me on some football stuff as we watched. And to have three games, the three game slate all out, all throughout the day, you could kind of. When you're when you're tired of the family after dinner, just sitting down watching football. I don't think there's anything better than that. But I do love me some basketball on Christmas too. It's All hard. Right. All right, fair enough. Okay, here we go. Oh god. Would you rather be drafted into the army or be drafted to the Lions? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, the Lions. It's
0: World War Three.
1: The Lions. Okay.
0: Okay. For sure. Okay.
1: For sure. I. You know. I could find a nice place to live on a lake in Michigan. I could make it work. Yeah. Plus, but you're a professional athlete. You're playing yeah. for a team. So, I I will take the Lions.
0: I just want to be a little dramatic. I know right. that, obviously, Fair enough. The, the choice is to be the drafted by the million-dollar franchise. they will pay you pretty well. If
1: you had a better—I say I, I, I mean, there's some teams better than the Lions as yeah. far as, like, franchise—like, places to live franchise-wise. But, no, we're definitely going with the Lions.
0: Yeah. All right. I don't know if you could pay me to live in Detroit, but—
1: there's nice, yeah. You can get a nice house, man. It's uh, the Detroit's a uh, slept on.
0: The, if you get drafted by the Lions, you won't get a free Camaro after your service. So. Okay. <laughs> Silver linings. Okay, go ahead. All right. Would you rather have the Tampa
1: Bay Buccaneers offense or the Buffalo Bills defense?
0: Defense wins championships. Give me the, the Buffalo. I think Fair enough. it's super hard to put together a defense like that and to click so well. They've been electric. They've had some games where it gets away i know like jonathan taylor just absolutely mauled them but hey good defense better than good offense in my opinion all right what would you take
1: uh i'd have to agree with that i think there's a lot of comparable what, what are odell
0: first touchdown as a as a ram
1: good for him
0: on a, yeah on a breakaway looked like a, a go route and yeah there you go fancy honors for odell congratulations <laughs> <laughs> one touchdown yeah. Okay, more important – what's more important in a player? And so you're going to split this 80-20 however you pick. Okay. Football IQ or physical ability? So like athleticism versus football IQ, 80-20, which one are you going to split? Ah. Ooh.
1: 50-50 would be too easy because um, I do think – I mean there, you need both. You need – and but whether or not both are even. But some of the things – athletic ability – I feel like part of it is just natural, whatever is like, you know, in your genetics, DNA, but, you know, you can get stronger. You can get faster. I know people have their limits, but football IQ is something that, you know, a lot of people need to work on. A lot of athletes, you know, tirelessly, if they're not skilled in one area, they'll get there. But some part of that can't be taught. You know, part of it's just natural ability, the way they see the game, the way, you know, they view the ball, the play, kind of predict before it happens. That stuff, I think, is muscle memory. That stuff is experience and cannot be taught. So I'm going to go 70% IQ, 30% uh, athletic ability. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I would go the same, because when I think of 80-20 in that way, where you think 80% maybe football IQ and then 20% athleticism, do you know I think of is Tom Brady? Yeah. He's a guy that doesn't do too much. I know the the film the might lie on that 11-yard run he had last week, but I think that you could get it done in some positions, at least, at an 80-20. You don't always need to be that freak athlete. And then if you are the 80-20 in terms of athleticism, maybe you're a guy who, explosive speed, good strength, but then you're not going to cover the ball two hands, you're not going to secure the ball, you're going to fumble a lot, you're going to Cut routes short or whatever. Go out of bounds when it's a super clutch scenario. So it could stab you in the back in some instances for sure.
1: All right. Go to every football game for your favorite team, but never see them in a Super Bowl. Or go to one, your team's one Super Bowl. They win it all. You're there, but you never go to another game for the rest of your life.
0: Oh, the one Super Bowl. I think the memories and you just you would tell stories about that day for as long as you live you wouldn't need the other hundreds of games you would go to in the regular season in my opinion i think to win a super bowl world series a championship that would just be a like a lifelong experience and some Absolutely. some fans never never get that there have been like cubs fans in the past their whole lifetime never win a championship and they're kicking their self, themselves, yeah. but you get. Let's. What's a team that just had in, insane luck? Not that good of a friend. Maybe like the Marlins or the Diamondbacks who get that one World Series, and they just roll with it forever. And they could just re- recall to that. So what would you do?
1: Uh, I mean, part of it, like, I don't know. I I do feel like the one, and then you're done. I'm just like, what are you? What are we waiting for? You know that kind of. But the one thing about Cubs fans is, yeah, they're miserable, but that longingness, that dedication year in and year out, like people lived and died without seeing the Cubs even make the world win a World Series, let alone even win the pennant. Like there's something about that. I think that's one of the beautiful, most beautiful things about sports. And while it's torturous to go through, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know what? that's you know you look forward to it every year you get your hopes up but you're back there you know you say this team's garbage you know i'm never going to support them again but you're back there opening night you're back
0: there week one life is suffering it's life like, is, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like exactly. Buddhism. buddhism exactly i have like i will recommend this i know this is totally off topic but taking a world religion class and kind of learning about all these different philosophies and practices it's really fun but back to football um <laughs> Better, I think I might have asked this in a previous this or that. Like it just, it just upon it occurred to me right now. But better all time, Dan Marino or Joe Montana? Joe Montana, really? Joe Montana. Okay. I'm biased, but okay. <laughs> you know I'm because biased. I did look at the stats and it. They're good in different ways. I think in terms of a gunslinger, a guy who just his stats are unbelievable. It's going to be Dan Marino. Just. There wasn't, you know, Joe Montana never threw for over 4,000 yards in one season, but Marino did that countless times and then had these huge, like, 40 touchdown, 50 touchdown seasons. But then, if you look at, like, passer rating and efficiency, Joe Montana does have the edge. So it depends what you want in your quarterback, but right. a guy who does it in volume is going to be your Dan Marino. But then, was it four championships for Montana? Mm-hmm. Can't argue with that either. It's Precisely. close.
1: Exactly. It is close. But
0: I, I do think I'm a more of like, a bulk stats guy, I like. It's Dan Marino's pretty appealing to do it in the volume he did and still be at like just less efficient than Montana anyway.
1: Right. Okay. Get hit with a helmet by Miles Garrett.
0: Oh my gosh. Or
1: get run over by <laughs> Derrick Henry.
0: Ooh, like one guy is trying to kill me with a helmet, but the Both other guys guy, are trying but, to kill you. Okay, so like run over like is just he's trucking me. Yes, in a football environment setting
1: he's running you over you're getting stepped on by derrick henry
0: you know what am i am i in pads or do am i like mason rudolph without a helmet on you
1: are in the yes wait
0: pads yes no you're not in pads. oh oh then derrick henry because miles garrett will kill me yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not even a question That is, that's not close for me. And I hope that's not close for you either. You have to value your life a little bit.
1: Yes, I mean, you know, we get hit in the head with a football helmet
0: versus getting Swinging it? That is insane. That's like (laughs) twice as I don't care how heavy. You haven't hit your head before? (laughs) Not buying Miles Garrett. (laughs) And I never will. Hopefully. Hopefully not. I'm not going to buck up that tree. Hopefully. No. Okay, last one. Then we'll take a break. Getting some sock up, sock down. And we'll have AJ Gutron Moore join us. Newport Harbor High School senior quarterback who just won his first CAF ring. He'll join us at 415, but until then, one last question. Annie, who wins a championship first, the Ram- the L.A. Rams or the L.A. Chargers?
1: Oh, that's – you know, if you had asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have a different answer. But um, I think – and this is going against everything that I have stood for and uh, ingrained in myself the last four years, uh, despising this franchise for turning their back on my home city. But I'm going to say the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert, there's there's a bright future there. And um, I think this season, Well, I don't think they win this season, I don't think they compete for a championship, but they're going to build off something great. I think they're going to realize that hey we got it we've got something here and they know mm-hmm. they have something here. They know they have the talent on this team to win football games. So I see the Chargers on a brighter path uh than the LA Rams. With all due respect to Sean McVeigh and Matthew Stafford and what they've got going. Uh well also at SoFi and also in the side <laughs> arena, arena here. But I just um uh, I I think Justin Herbert gets it done first.
0: Yes. I totally agree with you and i was in the minority back in the day when we first started sports sunday and the the chargers just came to la we were we had this exact same debate and people were like oh no way the rams they're literally in the in the super bowl they just lost to the patriots they could definitely turn it around but right. then you draft Justin Herbert. You have this great running back in Austin Eckler. The defense starts coming together. One of the best pass defenses in the league. And it starts to get a little real. Then you start to question, who is the team in L.A.? Who's going to be the better team in a decade from now? Right. I think the younger team, the team with a brighter future, it's starting to click a little bit more. Doesn't even have to really make the big... They haven't made the big move yet. It's It's the Chargers. The Chargers are the team of the future in L.A. I will say that right here, right now. I don't care what you have to say about the Rams, their history in St. Louis or whatever. I think as both teams having zero skin in the game, zero rings in L.A. so far, it's up for grabs. And whoever wins that first ring in SoFi, whoever brings that banner, is going to have the bragging rights, is going to bring in that new generation of fans. And then that's how you start your legacy and then build a franchise that goes from the little brother, the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, to the LA Chargers with however many rings, and Justin Herbert, this Hall of Fame level guy, who we could, we know he could be. And then you have the Rams, who on the TV right now losing by 11 to the to Green Bay, a team that they will have to face in the p- postseason. And it looks sloppy. There's a lot of flags be- being thrown around, and you just don't know. And then the Chargers, it seems like they're pulling off these big upset wins, and they're finding a way. And they still have these holes, but they're making the best of it, and they're still going to make the playoffs. So, Annie, two for two. Let's say the Chargers win the- win a championship first. We heard it here first, man. 407. We'll take a quick break. Stock up, stock down for, what is that going to be, eight minutes? And then AJ Gutron-Moore will join us on the show Exciting interview from my alma mater, Newport Harbor High School. We'll talk to him about his Division VI CAF championship win next.
2: You're listening to 101.5 K-O-C-I, LPFM, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, serving all of Orange County. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bibona and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 K-O-C-I.
0: Sun already starting to set here in Southern California, looking out towards Saddleback Mountain. Very beautiful sight here. Doesn't seem like, is it It's still fall or is it winter? It's winter it's, now. No,
1: winter is uh, December 21st, oh, technically. Oh, so got a while. That's winter solstice, yes. Okay. So it's still fall, even though, you know, the Christmas decorations are coming out and uh, the Christmas trees are coming into homes. And we're it, starting is to, yours in? Um in? It's getting... We have a fake tree. So, oh. Uh, no, 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 no. Come no. on. Uh, my de- it's, this, this has been... We used to have a real tree. My parents bought a fake tree back in the 90s, and we have not looked back since. So um, my mom lights plenty of candles to get that that smell in the house. Right. We are not short of Christmas spirit at all at Casa O.D. But, um, <laughs> no, we're starting... I, right, My mom, actually, when I was leaving, she said, do you want to come home and help set up the tree tonight? Meanwhile, we've got the Ravens on tonight, and the Ducks are playing the Leafs at home uh, tonight. So I said, you know, after the games, I will happily come help ornaments. But until then, I am locked and loaded on my double screen. But I absolutely love the holiday season, so uh, we are in the
0: Christmas spirit already. Lock and load. How about you? Yeah, so my family, the Friday after Thanksgiving, we always go down to Home Depot on Harbor Boulevard, get our tree, Bring it home, tied up to the the Toyota Sienna every single year, and bring it in upstairs. This year, like the cap, kind of went crazy when we brought in the the tree for the first. This is his first Christmas, so it's 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 pretty good. Not that it's like the only tradition, I guess. Like besides like the 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 cookies. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve dinner, opening presents in the morning, like all the stuff everyone does, like right. the, getting the tree on that Friday after Thanksgiving is like the one thing we do pretty much every year.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that.
0: So we got a, a five to six footer, pretty good tree. I wanted a little bigger one, but <laughs> di- mom didn't <laughs> you budge. You were overruled. <laughs> <laughs> mom did not budge for the bigger tree, but we we got it in and we'll get... We don't know what decoration to put because we think the cat is up to something. Might, might, like, start playing in it and then knock over some ornaments that we have. So we'll see what we could handle. But put the,
1: put the fancy ones up top. That's what I'm right. um, having. I mean, you have younger siblings. But growing up with my younger brothers, we'd always have to leave, like, the toys, the cheesy ones at the
0: bottom. And then the, the nice glass ones all the way up at the top. Right. Okay. Stock up, stock down. We have five minutes. So I want to... If you don't mind, I have a pretty big story. I think it's going to take up the whole stock up, stock down. But it is this modern-day high school investigation, this scandal about a student being left with a brain injury and the school's attempted cover-up of this issue. So obviously, if you listened from the beginning of the show, you heard that modern-day, they won the CAF title, and they're going to play for state coming up here. But in the midst of this, something that happened— this year in February, earlier in the year, started to come up. And just funny how that happens. First off, I want to say, like, why does this story come out now when they're making a CIF run? I just think it's funny. I think someone probably knew about this and could have got it out to the media, but who knows? Anyway, just – but the fact is that it's happening now and people are aware and people's heads are are starting to turn a little bit and we might see some legendary coaches – And athletic department people get kicked out of the school, one of the best, the best high school football program in the nation. So anyway, let's get right into it. Lawsuit was filed against Modern Day after a round of "quote bodies." It's body blows. It's a game that I've played. That a lot of people in a lot of r- locker rooms they do. It's a form of initiation ritual. Two football players they strike each other between the hips, torso until one surrenders. Obviously, face off limits. You kind of just it's body. It's a torso. You you can't punch in and out of it. But that is not the case. What happened for these two Modern Day kids? One of them left with brain damage, broken nose, required surgery according to the OC register and and lo and behold administrative staff at Modderday they told the coaching staff and Trinner not to call the paramedics and to delay contacting the the player's par- parents this is according to the court filing and okay. then on April 21st head coach Rollinson of modern day, he told police he had no knowledge of the, this body blows or any other hazing. But according to the court filing, Rollinson told the father of the player who was injured with a brain injury, "If I had a hundred dollars for every time these kid played bodies or slappies, I'd be a millionaire." So, contradicting statements from a legendary coach, I would say the most famous coach, the high school coach in California, maybe in the country getting caught lying and then you have this cover up from the administration a kid left with a brain injury forced to leave modern day this whole cover up scenario documented injuries including a broken nose lacerations above both eyes and what's to show for it there's, there's been nothing and modern day this coach and the staff the administration the diocese even if you want to throw them in there all of it they're going to win another CF state title it seems like and is that is that right? I don't think so. I think you got to assess it right now because why is it going to come up right before CF playoffs and then maybe nothing's going to happen right after. Obviously coach Rollinson like I said one of the greatest coaches ever but he's been he's been with his own I believe he's been charged with assault of another person in administration back in maybe the 90s so he's he doesn't have exactly the cleanest record he might not be the best person but he's a great coach and does that mean that he gets off scot-free and gets to finish off the season I don't think I don't think so to be honest
1: you know we're starting to see and I I spoke about it I know I brought up the Blackhawks incident um a couple weeks ago but it kind of seems like it's just in all sports we're starting to see this changing of tides these you know people are starting to speak up and stand up to injustice, and when things are happening in locker rooms and in administrations that are just not okay. And I know you said you played it, and there's, you know, everyone kind of toys around this aspect of, you know, boys will be boys, it's just such a boy thing to do, but here you have somebody that was seriously injured, a high schooler, a minor, Mm -hmm. and the people that are responsible for him, and, you know, assuming they all have practice after school, so, you know... The high school football—I know some of them do PE, you know, kind of train PE—but yeah, we're assuming after school here. The people responsible for these kids are the coach and the football staff, and the fact that they delayed calling paramedics and calling his parents is absolutely ridiculous. That is not okay at all. If I'm a parent, I would be pissed to hear that, and this. I mean, you've got to speak to whether or not they should be, uh, you know, eligible for a title here or to continue on their playoff run here. I think, obviously, has an investigation been completed or is it ongoing?
0: It, it's ongoing.
1: Okay. So I.
0: And I, there's a lawsuit as well. Yeah.
1: I assume there's an investigation yeah. going on as well. But. And uh, I think with an investigation going on, if somebody on the coaching staff and in the administration is accused of cover-up, is accused of any sort of false practice or turning their head, I think they should be suspended. Right. I think they should be indefinitely until the investigation clears up, until the lawsuit happens. So I I made props and not props, excuse me, prayers to the player affected and those affected in the past. Uh, You know, this stuff, it's got to stop. There's better ways to have initiation, to, you know, rookie, to have some rookie fun here and there of just with the younger guys that you know this stuffs it's not okay
0: right okay so we are being cut short a little bit here but I don't think this issue is going away it will be brought up in the new cycle again but I really think it's worth this is a school pretty much in our backyard in Santa Ana yeah, and a school like my dad went to and then everyone knows and kind of has that reputation of like being classy and they're they're, they're a religious they're a Catholic school and then you have this going on. So anyway, that's enough of that. We'll have A.J. Gutron-Moore, quarterback for Newport Harbor High School, and CAF champion, joining us next on Sports Sunday at 101.5 KOCI.
2: At Providence, we see more than a cancer patient. We see the life in you, and we have for nearly 100 years. Our nationally accredited cancer program's mission, St. Joseph and St. Jude, give you local access to world-class cancer specialists, patient navigators, and advanced technology and treatment options, where bright minds and big hearts come together. Providence Cancer Institute, Orange County. Learn more at providence.org canceroc or call 866-366-7183.
1: The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our sailor family together. We're proud to record our school's rich history and our Hall of Fame, and to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at NewportHarborAlumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, Go Sailors!
3: At Fitzgerald's Auto Care Center, they speak hybrid when it comes to a Toyota Prius or other hybrids. There are several reasons for that triangle of death to light up on the dashboard that aren't terminal. Fitzgerald's has extensive experience with the various minor hybrid repairs, up through transmissions and inverter replacement and even economical hybrid battery replacements. Fitzgerald's Auto Care Center on Placentia and Costa Mesa, 949-548-8877. That's 949-548-8877. And on the web, fitzautocare.com.
2: You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bibona and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 KOCI.
0: And joining us now on the phone, Newport Harbor High School senior quarterback and CIF champion AJ Grutron Moore. AJ, can you hear us fine? Live on the radio here at KOCI. Here, perfect. Okay, AJ, congratulations on your team's win against Temecula Valley last night. But before we get into the game, can you talk about what happened on the bus ride down to Temecula? Did the bus really break down, AJ? Uh, it
4: didn't really break down. Um, <laughs> there was like a van who kind of was trying to merge lanes and I think they like skimmed us and I didn't really feel it but one of my friends was in the front, he's just yelling, he's like, dude, we just got hit <laughs> and we were all just like super confused and then we pulled over for like 30 minutes and everyone was just like, we were just waiting to see what happened but yeah, we kind of got like skimmed by car. I guess. Okay, and then how did
0: that affect like the pregame at all? Did you have enough time to get ready for the game? Oh, that um,
4: that was after.
0: Oh, it was after the game.
4: Yeah, I was uh, on the bus right back.
0: Okay, okay. I thought it was before in effective, but the, the story <laughs> of the game was your team's deficit that you faced at one point, twenty one to zero. Can you talk about the team's mindset and ability to come back from a hole like that and then win a CF championship?
4: Uh, our mindset. I. I mean, I told the guys. I. I kept telling my offense, like, we just got to do what we do. Um, we got to we got to have fun. We can't let the moment get too big, and we can't let our nerves get to us. Right, like being down that much, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nerve wracking if you're playing. But I mean, as a team, we stayed controlled and confident, and we just went one play by one play, and we ended up, you know, getting those points back and taking the lead in the, in the end
0: absolutely aj you didn't make your first varsity start until week seven against fountain valley what prepared you to take over the quarterback position that late in the season then lead your team to a CIF championship oh uh,
4: what prepared me uh, uh my i mean my dad my dad was a big factor in helped me prepare um yeah I, I i trained all off all four years i mean Off season, I trained like I was gonna start because that's just the mentality you have to have, and you have to train like a champion, train like a winner. Um, Right. You know, I worked really hard with my dad, training outside, inside, lifting, throwing, reading coverages. I had one of my old dad's teammates who played at University of Hawaii, and he, we, we went on film on zoom and like watch film and help me like decipher coverages and that helped me a lot. So I just, a lot of preparation.
0: Right. And that's coach G right. I remember back in the baseball days, your dad, coach G, one of the best coaches, Like I've had in my lifetime, I know he coached like all of my siblings too. So yeah, I know that he could he could work you, and his mentality got you ready. So I really appreciate that. I I haven't been able to catch up with him in a while, but I hope he's listening to this. And obviously, he's proud of you and like the work you've done. But anyway, uh, just announced this afternoon, your team, the Sailors, they're gonna travel to San Bernardino to face Aquinas High School in the CIF SoCal Regional 3AA Finals. What do you think your team needs to do in order to prepare for a tough playoff game on the road there?
4: Um, We have to, I mean, it's on the road, so I mean, we're used to that. Like Santa Barbara, long drive, and and just Temecula Valley long drive. So I think that on the road is going to be, not really going to affect us too much. Okay. And our offense, offensively, I think we just have to get in the rhythm early, throw short, mix in the run, and then take our shot. Um, But yeah, we need to... Jump on them early and gain a lead. But right. I mean, whatever happens, happens. If, we, if if they go up first, you know, we we know what it's like to be down. So
0: yeah, of back. course. And sure. on that note, AJ, I heard I heard a quote from Coach Lofthouse talking about the chemistry of this team and how it's grown. But I really wanted to hear it from you, being one of those players and. Being one of the leaders in the locker room, one of the seniors, how has the chemistry changed from maybe the beginning of the year when you guys were really struggling to now making this complete playoff run going into state?
4: Oh, uh, we've really, we've really gotten closer and we've really, you know, there was a spark. My, when I, when I got my first start for Found Valley, the team rallied behind my back. They had my back, I had their back. And, you know, it was just a different mindset after that. We just, we're just, you know, yeah, just a whole new mindset.
0: Got you.
1: AJ, Annie here. Thank you so much, first of all, for coming on the show. But wanted to ask, you know, you spoke about four years just working in and out with this team. And through the past four years, obviously, the world, but more specifically, your team going through a lot, a lot of adversity with the pandemic, certainly a lot of changes here. How does it feel? For one, I mean, Chris opened the show naming you a CIF champion. How does it feel? After all this team has been through and this program, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, first title since 2005, correct?
0: Yep.
4: Yeah. How does that yeah. feel, man? It's amazing. I mean, this is what I've been preparing for my whole life. Um, I've been training for this moment, and, you know, we got to it, and it's just the best feeling you could ever feel after winning a game like that. I'm just so thankful that, you know, we got that opportunity.
1: And usually on different play on playoff runs, there's usually like a moment for a team where you guys things click, you guys come together and say, You know what? Like we can take these teams down. We can go on a run, we can be successful. Did you guys have a moment or a game this entire season where that occurred?
4: I mean, I think it was just the Sound Valley game, you know when we just kinda you know, we I got my first start. That was kind of a turning point. You know, we, the team, they, rallied, they just rallied behind me. They, like, they really, they love me. So.
1: <laughs> you were the turning point, AJ.
4: <laughs> you can sit to say it.
1: Flex on yourself, <laughs> man. This is cool.
4: <laughs> Hype yourself up. Right. <laughs> they did a great job welcoming me, welcoming me. Like, I mean, I never knew what it was like to start, though. So. Like, or be like a leader. So, I mean, yeah, they, I really appreciate my teammates for, you know,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah. And your teammates all and the, the people who made the trip. I, I wasn't able to attend there in Temecula Valley. Could you talk about the environment and the I heard there was a huge mosh pit, people rushed the field. How was the attendance there and how did Newport show up in that championship game?
4: Oh yeah, we had a lot of family and friends go. You know, some people from the school, um a lot of like a lot of guys who just got out of Arbor. Guys like Joe Nip, James Kroll, McCoy, Levin, um, they were all out there. And it was just great seeing them. You know, everyone was just ecstatic for all, like, it was just, it was just a crazy moment.
1: One last question for me, AJ, and I ask everybody that comes on this show this question. You are a football player. What is your favorite football movie?
4: Oh, my favorite football movie? Yeah. I gotta go with Waterboy.
0: Ah, good one. Sandler, let's go. <laughs> That's a green flag right there, AJ. Hey, appreciate, yeah. Yeah, appreciate you ha- having you on the show. Best of luck against Aquinas this Friday. Yeah, good luck to you. I'll be praying. As Newport Harbor alumni, we're all rallying around you. I hope you guys see that inter- type of interaction on social media because the whole city is behind your back, really, AJ. I- I'm proud of what you've been able to do since you came in against Fountain Valley, and I hope you could bring even more hardware to Newport Harbor.
4: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Have, bye have a good, one, have AJ. good Sunday. Bye-bye. AJ Gutron Moore, senior quarterback for Newport Harbor High School. That interview will be podcasted on Spotify later today. But you
1: could feel yeah. his joy through the phone. I think that was my favorite <laughs> part he, of that interview. He didn't want
0: to like admit that like because it is a fact that when he became the starting quarterback, it it turned the page on the season. They were 3 and, like 3-7 in the regular season, but then st- starting league Oh, interesting.
1: What was that? It was nothing.
0: Like, it was just the phone not being, like, on the... Not pressed down. Oh. But, yeah. But, anyway... I, lo- I completely lost my train of thought. No, we were
1: talking uh, him being the the, yeah, like the, the turning, turning point. Because you
0: asked him, like, what was it? And it was the game that he started to quarterback. I was like, it's, he didn't say that. Flex but, on yourself, yeah.
1: man. That's hype yourself up. But no. no, that speaks to, he's a fan. You could definitely tell he gave a lot of credit to his teammates and the people that helped him along the way. And I got to say, I pulled up his roster photo. That kid's got a nice head of hair.
2: <laughs> I should have <laughs> mentioned flow. that
1: to him. Nice flow this kid's yeah. got going here. Right, right. Do you know his plans? Uh, I forgot, meant to ask. Do you know his plans post? I do
0: not. We should have asked him that. Uh, but well. I, assuming that he had such a good run and he's really passionate about, it, I would say that, yeah, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't because he's a senior, so obviously those kind of the recruit kind of comes late. But maybe after the year, he might get a surprise, a call from a coach. Hey, uh, it, you
1: know, you you make a splash yeah, into the playoffs. It's and it knows? goes
0: with the mentality because. I want to talk a little bit more, like, about his dad, Coach G, one of my baseball coaches back in the day. Like, he always, like, I, I thought it was so crazy how his, one of his big things was, like, you got to prepare because you never know when it's going to be your time to, to yeah. shine, right? And then his son, lo and behold, gets the opportunity to start quarterback, and then he takes it all the way to a CAF championship. So I just thought that was, like, a perfect, a perfect way to tell that story of how go from one, like, Backup quarterback, and now you're the star quarterback. Whole city behind you, going going to play to state, and that doesn't happen every day. It no, happens because of because of hard work.
1: Yeah, good for him. Honestly, that's uh, that was a great interview. I right. like I said, you could feel the joy over the phone. So
0: 100. Any, we have some flexibility. We could talk a little stock up stock down because you didn't get to get to talk about your stocks, but <laughs> we do have. MLB free agency. A lot of news it, today's been a busy day, especially right before the show. I don't know why, but there was huge oh, signings, huge signings. Oh,
1: we know why. The CBA expires this in a couple week. days. They're trying to get free, and because when the CBA expires, no free agents can sign. Nothing can happen. So all the guys that want to get signed and get get going, they're gonna they're gonna get contracts. Right. But of course, you know, for the guys that want to wait until a deal comes through they're gonna wait it out through the lockout through the negotiations and i know we're gonna we'll get into that i think at the latter part of the show if i'm not mistaken so yeah. I'll, I'll save some of that uh, that talk for then but um uh, my stock up I, I i do need to give credit here uh <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny i can't remember if it was this week or last week i think it was this week it was when uh, the packers opened up their site for uh, people because the the packers are the only publicly traded uh team so teams, you know Fans can buy stakes and stocks in the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. They don't have an ownership group; it's the people. Right. And some Green Bay, all, a bunch of Green Bay Packers players logged online <laughs> and were trying to buy shares of the Green Bay Packers with. And they tweeted screenshots with uh, the caption,
0: "Working for myself, <laughs> being my own boss." <laughs> but but don't they not do anything? Right, they, they don't yeah. do it. You get a it's, plaque. They yeah. don't.
1: They're not a part of the decision making or anything like that. But uh, it's. I, I did get a good laugh out of it. Those are guys that can ha- poke a little fun at themselves and uh, have some fun with uh, the situation in Green Bay. Let's go.
0: That was a drop. Oof. Okay. I I have like good? I have insane fantasy stake right now. I the game is getting away from me, but my my the guy I'm playing against huge Green Bay Packers fan. So we starting Rodgers, AJ Dillon, Devontae Adams. And he has Adam Thielen too uh, for the Vikings, but he's going absolutely off, and it's starting to get in away from me. I had an amazing week, but it's they're okay. They're kicking a field goal. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> I'm in the clear. I only like Tyler Lockett on Monday night against Washington only has to score about ten points. There you I go. doable. He busts. Doable. He busts a lot, but this he is a bad. A this is a bad secondary. Okay break and then cba mlb let's get let's into some it. baseball let's do it on one oh one five koci that was aj gutron moore senior quarterback for newport harbor joining us that will be podcast that interview and this episode will be podcasted on spotify apple podcast wherever you listen to your media we'll be there sports sunday koci instagram sports sunday koci annie at sweet annie od and me at chris babona no spaces no caps see you after break
3: Time and time again, I hear the same question Will I outlive my retirement money? You want to know what you can expect from your investments. My name is Scott Dahl of Doll Capital Advisors, and I will help you position your portfolio based on your risk tolerance and goals. My objective is to help you gain perspective on in your investment portfolio so you know what you can expect. Call or email for a free initial consultation. Phone 949 497 6366, DahlCapitalAdvisors.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member Finn Commercial and residential pressure washing by Eugene is available right here in the Newport Beach area. Gutter cleaning, window washing, algae removal, and more to give your property a better look. Eugene can pressure wash anything. 949-400-3552. That's 949-400-3552. Or NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. That's NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com.
2: You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bibona and Annie O'Donnell on
0: 101.5 KOCI. Yeah. Super random, but I can't believe there there's two Adele songs on cue for when the show ends, Annie. And this wow. is this is KOCI. This is classic which tracks. This which, is the B sides. Which Adele songs? It's Rolling in the Deep twice. <laughs> twice. <Christ. laughs> Rolling in the I don't deep. Know, it's it's random, auto random, but yeah, ro- I wouldn't think. Rolling KS3 in the KS3 deep goes off. Though. It is off. It's, it's her best song.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah, easily.
0: Right. So, oh, I just thought that was really, really funny. But
1: to watch. There's gonna be people calling it to request different <laughs> songs.
0: Yeah, I know. It's gonna. Be, why are you playing? I'm not going to judge. We yeah, play we great. We play great music on KLC. I must say, all the stuff like it's not the uh KLOS or 101.1 stuff that just uh, hammers you with Bohemian Rhapsody Hotel California and all those just million dollar hits but you get some really really good songs here at KFCI the b-sides and the stuff you, you forgot you knew
1: the b-sides I love yeah. that
0: <laughs> okay one stock down I had I know this is past this isn't overtime, but I just remembered that I had to go on a rant about in my fantasy football league any there was one player, last place, doing really bad, and just wasn't really paying too much attention to the league. But you know, our our league has a rule, Annie, that if you if you play a player that is inactive, that's out with an injury, COVID, on a buy, yeah. you have to pay a fine because it obviously gives a competitive advantage to whoever you're playing because it's you're not they're not gonna score points. So this person, to to be named later, does, does it once early in this year, five dollar fine comes to thanksgiving it's his birthday on thanksgiving too and he plays in an active player twenty dollar fine and he is absolutely livid he was complaining about the five dollar fine but then you get to this twenty dollar one he was having none of it and you know what he did he sat all of his players and then the sunday slate happened and now the uh, one of the most competitive teams like trying to get a playoff spot, is playing against him who's playing nobody. So now it just completely jeopardizes the playoff picture which I'm on the verge of. I'm barely in the playoffs, but this guy gets a free pass. And then he basically we, ba- I'm the commissioner, so I kicked him out of the league, made myself the manager, and played players. And I just thought that is the most stocked down thing I've ever done because we have a punishment in our league, and he's like, I'll just do the punishment. I don't even want to play anymore. And that's just the worst mentality you could have in fantasy football. I thought it was disgusting. I hope it, I hope this gets out to like the friend group, but oh my god. I just... And the, they went... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, never mind, never mind. The fantasy football chat is going off right now. I thought they were talking about this, but thank god they're not. Because <laughs> I, would, I would get in so much trouble, but... Anyway, big stock down. Don't quit your fantasy football league. Pay your fines. Make sure you play by the rules. Anything to say about... I think whole? the
1: fine thing is dumb beyond... Really? Home. Oh, I think it's dumb. Fantasy football is not that serious. Come on. For us, it is. Yes. Oh <laughs> that, I, I understand if there's like a lot in stake or People have a lot of money for the... Bu- How much is your buy-in? 30 bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. If I I remember I was in a league for $100 buy-in. I took that seriously. Uh, mm. That was something where... I get it people like inactives and things that can get annoying but the fines do you go
0: through and check well it's very obvious when it says he has a hamstring injury zero points inactive before the game like you should be able to set your lineup uh, you it's fantasy football it takes yeah. it takes a minute i could go in to my phone and change my lineup right now in under 20 seconds and while doing the show right It's not hard. It's it just means you're not caring enough, and that's why we kind of incentivize it with the fines. But huge stock down. He was being a complete eh about it. The fact
1: that he set his entire lineup to inactives That's something I would do. Honestly, I I, I'm that petty. I would do that too if I was getting (laughs) hit with that many fines. Twenty dollar fine. I also I'm kind of a I have that pest mentality where I I I enjoy pissing people off. Oh, I do. I love it. Oh man. But um.
0: You almost intercepted that. Oh. Yeah. We're watching the game here. but Okay. Baseball. Baseball. Let's start with some just... Okay. I'll start it off. You want to
1: do free agent stuff first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll
0: go free agent because that's... We know and then we'll get into what we think about what might happen in the collective bargaining agreement. The the CBA. So Mm -hmm. I'll start it off with a mind-blowing fact. This is a mind-blowing fact of the day. New thing we're doing just for the show. Here it is. The Angels have not given a starting pitcher a contract longer than a single year since Joe Blanton in 2012. (laughs) It's been a decade since the Los Angeles Angels have committed to a starting pitcher for more than a year. That is the reason... Why your team sucks, that's, isn't it?
1: That's the ex, with the exception of like homegrown ta- Obviously, Shohei Otani's not on a one year deal,
0: so that's like he's the on exception. a rookie contract. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay, that's the exception. So, are you talking like free agent deals? Yeah, they haven't,
0: okay, like and you can extensions to, I'm pretty sure they've given guys like Garrett Richards or like what well, like Shoemaker yeah, back in the day, I was too. Say,
1: so, free agents that's so, just free
0: agent. They have signings. not signed okay. a free agent for more, but still, they you should. Every year the Dodgers sign a guy for a couple years. It should be an every year thing. That's the. But it's been a
1: decade. The Angels are that guy that's fearing commitment. (laughs) They want to get. They're not willing to go into the exclusive zone. They like the uh, the talking, but like. Oh, we could still—we're still friends. Like we're talking, but like, no, this isn't official. Like, sends I, that
0: one text every now and then. Keep them in the mind. Exactly. That's right? the
1: angels as far as starting pitch. I mean, look, Noah Syndergaard for one year. <laughs> which I get it—you want to, you don't want to when you're committing to a free agent, especially if there's injury history and things like that. You don't want to go. You know, you want to have like a one to two year test it out, see if it goes well. You don't want to have a long term to be locked into, and God forbid you have to buy them out. It's Ugh. which is a whole mess there. But they were real. They were down the wire to trevor bauer so they would have had and you knew he was not going to do a one-year deal no so that that obviously would have ended had they landed bauer last year i now wish they had but that's beside the point here and there but i mean they've been in on max scherzer and max is a guy could you see max doing a one-year deal
0: i could because he's only because he's 37 that he's in the market for that just a quick little money grab before he retires, because obviously something as scary as like your arm being burnt out, like he was this postseason, you're you're starting to thinking, what could I do for a team for one year? Play it, play it year by year, because I don't think he's going to sign that four-year deal into his age 41 season. He's going right. to do something. Okay, we'll reevaluate when I'm at 38, 39, and then maybe retire at that. So I do think he would do a one-year to the Angels or highest bidder type deal, and that'll start our discussion. So. The huge MLB rumor is that Max Scherzer will sign before the CBA and the teams that are in contention the biggest names at least are the Mets, the Giants, the Dodgers and the Angels. So three West Coast teams and you got the Mets who kind of are buyers on everyone it seems like. right. I think most likely the, in order of most likely I would say it goes Dodgers, Mets, Giants, Angels just being honest. But I think that Maybe the Mets throw in more money than the Dodgers are willing, but I just don't see how we get the sample size we did with Scherzer and say we're not going to try to outbid the Mets.
1: The only way the Mets land Scherzer is if they massively overpay for him. Yeah, Only way. you you gotta think about max scherzer here for one you're 37 years old he's got three young children aside from that you gotta think about the personal things too because that obviously has impact you gotta think about school you gotta think about moving your family and his family had to move mid-season at the trade deadline across the country they've planted roots in southern california now so it makes sense that the angels and and the dodgers are in the mix we knew the dodgers would be but i look think about what you're going into in new york What's the Mets have had a horrendous off season so far, <laughs> losing a lot of key guys here. Max I think is gonna if he signs in New York, he will be very frustrated with what he's accepted and been welcomed into both in the locker room and as an organization with all due respect to steve cohen i think he still has a lot of things to figure out here but i would certainly hope max re-signs in la i think that needs to be one of the top priorities for andrew friedman and you know he's going to be ready to keep him in especially after his performance in dodger blue i mean it wasn't like you know max just helped us skirt by he max Finished the regular season.
0: He was just undefeated ex- as a Dodger in the regular season.
1: Exactly. So I, it would break my heart to see him as a giant. I would, oh, I, it would just, especially, uh, no, I don't even want to no, picture no. it. I'm not even going to entertain the idea. I agree. I think if he's not in Dodger Blue, I do see, I think he signs with the Angels. Yeah. I think that would make the most sense there.
0: It's just is them Like, they've been so stingy with money, and you think about... But, the, yeah, the, the only way is a one-year deal. If Max wants three, I already think that disqualifies the Angels, and maybe even the Giants, too. They're like, Giants might continue the trend of that one-year, one-year deal for the, their starters, but who knows? I just think, how could Max Scherzer see what happened? Like you said, exactly like you said, how do you see what happened to Jacob deGrom and say, I'm going to go sign there? Because yeah. he is a Jacob deGrom type of guy. But he's not. He's a, also a competitor. He wants yeah. to be in the postseason every year. Right. I don't think the Mets have proven that they could do that for him just yet.
1: Not with this current team, they haven't. No. no. And uh, you know, you got to think. Also, what's the pitching rotation you're going into? How much are you going to be relied upon? And with all due respect to Jacob Degrom, one of the best pitchers in the game, he has not been healthy no. in the last two seasons. I mean, despite him, I know he won. Uh, excuse me, he was the Cy Young winner. Uh, what
0: last last season? Or no, that was. Bauer last year. No,
1: oh, the season before then, yeah, that. Nine, the season before that as well. So he has battled through injuries, as has Noah Syndergaard, of course, but that's not a concern anymore. But you got to think about the rotation, the pitching staff that you're going into. And if I'm a pitcher, if I'm a free agent pitcher, I don't want to be going into that. <laughs> the Mets is not an appealing situation for me personally.
0: Right. And maybe, maybe it's the Yankee. I know the Yankees aren't even a name on here, but maybe them too. Like I can see that if he wants that type of market, but... It's kind of wide open right now. Yeah. I would say the Dodgers are the lead. That's me being semi-biased, but the Mets are usually that first name in the headline if you want to take that. For, the Mets as are a in on everybody, yeah. it feels like, which yeah. Steve Cohen's just like, being on everybody. <laughs> and the, the Mets' big moves, we'll talk about that right now before we go to break. So they signed Starling Marte, one of the most sought-after free agents, actually, because of a, a breakout year. I know oh, he had a lot of... Experience in Pittsburgh, kind of was a journeyman for a little bit, but then really settled down as a Marlin. Mets signed him for four years, seventy-eight million, to, and then Mark Canna, two years, twenty-six point five million, and then a two-year twenty million dollar contract to Eduardo Escobar. So this postseason alone, they've already spent. Doing quick math here, over about one hundred fifteen million on free agents. So what does that do in terms of? your av- availability towards Scherzer and what your flexibility in terms of years, I don't know. But the point is money has been spent, big money, on middle line guys for the Mets. So maybe they're trying to go for depth more. And I don't know how that's going to relate to the Sh- Scherzer signing, but I would say that's an indication that maybe the Mets are kind of in buy mode. They're getting whatever they can right now. And Scherzer is a guy who does want to be signed before the CBA expires. Yes. So I would say if we, we would probably already have heard about Scherzer's decision if he were to sign with the Mets because of how much action the Mets have already had right i just see the writing right in front of me. They've already signed three guys to multiple year contracts of over twenty million dollars.
1: A couple important notes as well is in order to do these transactions, you have to free up space on your forty man roster. So if teams were to make any sort of signings for Max Scherzer, we have to see some trades. And the Dodgers are at capacity at this point in time with forty. So if we do see a Scherzer signing before the December first deadline, which is eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time that we will, we should be seeing a trade before that happens. So if if Scherzer is is signed to a deal, I think the first inclination of that happening would be a trade coming up. Signing a trade? Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, that's going to be dramatic for it sure. It will
1: be, but uh that's the baseball offseason. Never uh, never uh, free never free of drama.
0: It's been pretty good these last few years. I must say, like back in the like you have to admit, maybe like 2015, like 2010 to 2015, there was like one or two signings people always signed back with the team they were on previously. Yeah. But now it's crazy because there's so much freedom with the players. I want to talk about the freedoms that may or may not be taken away in the collective bargaining agreement for the MLB next. So we'll talk about that to end the show on Sports Sunday 105 KOCI with Chris Babona and Annie O'Donnell.
3: Harbor All Glass and Mirror in Costa Mesa has complete glass and glazing, residential, commercial, mall, and marine needs. Their business has been built on quality products and outstanding service. They service all of Orange County. Harbor All Glass and Mirror is on the web at harborallglass.com. If you're a business owner and would like to have your business on the air, donate 10 toys to the KOCI Children's Toy Driver to receive 20 radio spots. It's as simple as that. The deadline is Wednesday, December 15th. Our contact information is on our website at kociradio.com. That's kociradio.com.
2: You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Limona and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 KOCI.
0: Last segment of the show on your Sunday afternoon. Hope you guys are enjoying beautiful day here in Southern California. The the clouds are starting to roll in, the weather's changing. I know it was, it was very uncharacteristic last couple of weeks. Very high winds, very dry weather, 80 degrees. Now it's starting to settle in and whenever you, whenever you have those changing the weather, it goes from hot to cold really fast. You get some fog. And right. it's rolling in pretty heavy right now. You can't even see I can't even see the mountains anymore. It's starting to get dark too but anyway, but point is. We got some collective bargaining agreement to talk to, but before we get into what might be taken away, some players might lose rights to money, people are arguing over how to divide the funds of the MLB, but there have been some concrete signings of from teams in the past week, so without further ado, we have... I think this is the biggest of the postseason so far. Second baseman Wander Franco agreeing to an 11-year, $182 million contract with the Tampa Bay Rays this week. Obviously, number one prospect in baseball for several years. Franco came up, made a splash immediately, one of the best pure hitters. People are already putting them high odds for AL MVP next year. This guy's locked in for over a decade I think this was the right move for the Rays. They've never been the team, really, that, that signs a guy for $182 million. They always are super cheap, to put it frankly, but yeah. th- this guy is worth that money, and he's so young, so talented, so versatile. The Rays need this guy long-term to be successful, to be the team that we know and love them as. I- I'd think.
1: No, completely agree there. So. No, they're kind of like this money ball kind of franchise trying yeah. to make the most cost effective deals here. So hey, but you know what? For as much flack as people give, you know the teams with the high payrolls, you got to pay these stars. that's it that's what it takes to win a championship,
0: yeah. there's and there's no coupon for a guy like Wanda Franco because nah. if you don't lock him up now, free agency is going to be a mess. When his rookie contract expires, yeah, seen a guy like it, he has never played a full one hundred and sixty two game season, I believe. So, and this would be, yeah, this would just be insane. And it is insane that he's gotten this much money with such little playing time. But we've seen yeah. stuff like that with Tatis and unsure about some type of injuries and stuff. But yeah. I think it's right move. It's risky. But if I'm going to take a risk, it's going to be with a guy who in his sophomore season is going to be a front-runner for MVP. Yeah. But, you have something? No, uh, I don't know. I have I got nothing Uh, Byron Buxton and the Twins agreed to a seven-year extension. Another young guy, breakout year in 2020, and carried that over to 2021. Again, we're seeing this theme. Young guys, huge extensions. This is where the league's going. People locking up their money before the CBA expires. It's just going to be a theme as we go on, go forward. Corey Kluber, one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Rays good reinforcement for them too I think losing Glassnow was a huge blow to the Rays but now you come back you'll have him and Kluber and whoever else you want to throw in there that great bullpen as we know the Rays have Rangers I think this is the second best signing of the the, the post or the off season. sorry as you corrected me so many times last show Annie. You, you did it <laughs> twice
1: already but I kept my mouth shut thank you
0: thank you but okay The Rangers agreed to a seven-year deal with all-star Marcus Simeon. He's one of the big five shortstops in the class of 2021. What was it? Story, Javier Baez, Corey Seager, Simeon, and... Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa. And I think that He's he's mid tier better than Javi maybe better than Story. He's
1: he's not he's not going to set this the the price for the rest of these guys. Right. Which is you know, I know we spoke on that. We said, yo, the first guy to make that splash, it's going to set the tone here, but he's not the guy to do that.
0: I actually don't have the figure in front of me. Uh, but I'm assuming it's going to be something like 150. Uh, all right. We got a Simeon, working, working.
1: Seven-year, $175 million.
0: Yeah, he's, you're right. There's no way. Nah. That's not enough. That's chump
1: change. That's pocket change for Scott Boris and his clients. So yeah. that's not a, not a concern here. But, yeah, let's...
0: And R- Red Sox, Michael Waka one year. I think he's kind of irrelevant now. Like, we're so butthurt as Dodger fans. The Michael Walker name kind of is like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. When he completely shut us out, was that the AL- or NLCS way back in the day against the Cardinals. And then White Sox, they ink Kendall Graveman three years, twenty-four million. And I think this is already passed. But Justin Verlander two years, fifty million dollars to return yeah, to the Astros. That. We knew that. Right? Who
1: cares? <laughs> Ben was like, my brother, Ben, shut up. All it's right. like, breaking news.
0: He's coming. He's like signing back. Like, remember? Okay.
1: <laughs> remember when he predicted? Did you see the graphic where he predicted all the free agent signings and then somebody, people kept replying with his playoff bracket?
0: That yeah. was
1: completely wrong. It's like,
0: going to be the their rivals is gonna, yeah. who's, 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 who's going to sign.
1: Exactly. But let's get into this CBA talk. I am We're there. so ready to talk about it.
0: So, the biggest concern with the collective bargaining agreement and the agreements made by the league and the players and associates whatnot is the threat of a lockout so first talking point i wanted to bring to you and is what how will a lockout affect the affect the mlb and what are we going to see a season be postponed are we going to see players lose money are we see minor leaguers yet again lose their season because of financial contingencies but I think, I'll just say first, I think that a lockout is almost imminent in how the the market's been. People want their money. The players are getting more freedom. And I think either the executives are going to have to cave to some of these demands or we're going to see baseball in November because the season's not even going to start for three three months into what should be the season.
1: So there's a lot of uh, of implications that could happen pending a lockout. But I think the biggest thing is going to be You know, as far as whether it's a shortened season or modified season is how long does it take to get a deal done and how much of spring training do you lose? How much, you know, what's the last date where you can come to an agreement that you have to reschedule games or you have to cancel games? God forbid, not God forbid, but, you know, that would be an inconvenience. Um But, I mean, there is going to be a lockout. I I think there's no way that something happens before 11.59 p.m. on December 1st. I think a lockout will occur. And at this point in time, uh, both sides are ready to battle. And as we've spoke about, I feel like all year we've talked about it, that the 2020 Negotiations for the, even the shortened season—the effects of there are still the wound is still fresh. There, the players feel very betrayed. The players feel unappreciated by Rob Manfred in the league, and that's the—you know—those feelings are certainly going to come up in these negotiations. As far as the effects of a lockout, I just want to bring it up for what a lockout would mean for the players. The players can receive assistance only if they are on the 40-man roster, which includes health insurance. The amount of uh, – back in 1995, during the 94-95 lockout, players received up to $10,000 every two weeks, just to give a figure there. There's no drug testing without a CBA. Injured players cannot rehabilitate at player at team facilities. They can sign internationally to play, but obviously we know no trades, no, signing, no free agent signings can occur. Uh, players can – Play in the minor leagues should they see fit, should they want to, and then player visas could be revoked during a stoppage Whoa, as well. So that's a big ticket. There's item. a lot of a lot of pending effects here, and as we're learning more and more, um, what. I feel like we know some of the MLB, the Players Association's objectives here. A big one coming up is the service time, the rookie contracts. They want to make it to two years to where the players can earn more money early on in their careers and reach arbitration faster. There's also the big issue of service time manipulation, which we've seen teams, I mean, I think service time manipulation is an issue that's not going to go away. You see it in every sport. You know, you wait until after the deadline to bring a player up or you send a player back down just before the, you know, the number deadline here in any sport. So I think as long as there is that hard stop number, that hard stop figure where hey, this is a year a year of usage, a year, you know, on your deal if you play X amount of games, I think that's just eminent as long as you have that system. So it'll be interesting to see how that issue gets negotiated. But I also think another key key issue here is gonna be that the players are they're realizing they want more, they're demanding more, and the owners are very capable of giving it. But the problem is the owners are like, okay, well if we give you more of this, we're gonna take it away from here and we we saw that back way back in 2020 but they see, they say okay if you want you know this manipulation then we're going to take it from the bigger guys like you know the guys making the most money take the biggest hit they did that in 2020 when you know they had a deal set and they set this play structure where the minor league players get majority of their salaries meanwhile the guys taking the biggest hit were the Mike Trouts the Mookie Betts here and they were trying to really Turn the players against each other, the younger guys against each other, but obviously the Pl- Players Association is smarter than that, and they did not fall for that, and immediately rejected that that proposal from the from the league. So, I mean, it's going to be. Uh this is not going to be a pretty battle as as we've seen in prior past, especially with Rob Manfred's comments. As of recently, I believe he was on the Dan Patrick show when he said, you know, he's not afraid of a lockout. And I don't, I don't think that it's because, you know, he's planning for it, but I think the fact that he, Rob Manfred's a smart guy. He's not stupid. He makes dumb decisions, but the man's been in this, in this, working in this league and working with these labor issues for a long time. He knows that this deal is not going to happen overnight, especially. We know the players' concerns going into this negotiation, but we don't know the hard stops. We don't know the ones that are non-negotiables, you know, what figures they're going to be asking for here. So he also said that you know, he doesn't think that the COVID negotiations are bleeding over, which couldn't be more false. Anyone can tell you that there's bad blood. From that time of going back and forth, the jabs made in the media, the side swipes, you know, the fact that he went on ESPN mere hours after, you know, ESPN held that special where each commissioner was coming on and speaking about the return to plays. And he simply said, you know, said, hey, there's no deal. And he blamed it on the players there. And Mm -hmm. it's, you can't do that. You can't do that. So we're in for, we're going to have a lot to
0: talk about. It's a roller
1: coaster. Over the next coming weeks. I think, honestly, I don't see a situation. I hate to say that I see a situation where baseball starts on time, but I certainly think that if free agents are not signed before the December 1st deadline, and honestly, I don't see a Corey Seager, a Carlos Correa, I I feel like they're going to want to see a play structure, a player structure, What's what kind of money, what, what's the compensation going to be like for them. Until oh another issue I forgot to bring up of course which is the biggest thing I know we've spoken about a salary floor but there's the issue of owners not fielding competitive teams and tanking on purpose mm-hmm. and that has to be brought which we, up as we well we
0: see in the league right now exactly that's what I wanted to talk about first is this this minimum floor and also the eligibility for long, longer longer contract because right. I, I read an article that basically is arguing for a raise in the in the league minimum and it said this guy. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's making 600k a year, but he's playing like the guys who make 40 million. Right. So, I mean, I sorry, go ahead. But no, I just think as someone who's watched baseball my whole life, and you see guys like this, and the rookies go off, and then they have to wait. They're making half a million dollars. Oh, boohoo, whatever. Right. I think it's a rite of passage. I think. Your rookie years, your first few years before your rookie contract expires, that is your time to prove yourself and grow your worth because you might be complaining, and maybe Guerrero is complaining about what he's making now, but this year, okay, he's a $20 million guy. Next year, he does it again, $30 million. I think you just have to bet on yourself in the league in, in some aspects, and I don't think that raising a league minimum is going to do you any good because of what you cited there with uncompetitive teams being fielded or... Just maybe, the people in the minor leagues get less because you, whatever you take from, you have to whatever you give, you have to take from someone else. I don't think that the major league baseball it's a business. It's not a, a zero. Or it's not a zero sum game. Or no, it is a zero sum game. I, I'm not a business major, Annie, <laughs> as you could tell. But yeah, point is, if you take from one aspect of the league, you have to give to another. The league managers did it at one point. The players did it, and now we'll see it with the, the league minimum and I just I don't think that it should be raised because they're already making half a million dollars a year in, in, rel- in relative to Mike Trout that's a lot of money but relative to us here in society doing a day job it's not and they could live off of half a million dollars for three years in their rookie contract I think it's four max and then with their signing bonus and then get that big contract later in their career
1: I see your point here. I do. I do. I just think personally that I think just think the fact that five five to six hundred dollars not six hundred dollars, six hundred thousand dollars comparative to the amount there's no salary cap in baseball. So you've got guys making forty plus million dollars a year. That high of a jump here. Plus you've got Six years they want to have before a player can reach free agency. So that's potential of 29, 30 years old before a guy can make a decision about where he wants to play. I just Mm -hmm. think that number needs to be shortened for one. But two, I just feel like it should be relative compared to where the highest guys are making. Like. Hell, hockey has better <laughs> has better entry-level contracts than that. And they've got, like, some of the rookies on the Ducks are just making barely under a million dollars a year. It's like $925,000. Of course, you've got guys making less that have got the two-way deals in there. But I just feel like the league minimum should be raised comparative to what the big guys are getting. Right. Like, there shouldn't be the players should have an opportunity to make more money and reach arbitration earlier on in their career especially for a guy like vladimir guerrero jr absolutely
0: another thing i'm looking at is like the t- uh tanking disincentives right? just yeah about that and like the draft picks and stuff i just i do think that is a, a silver lining of this and maybe we do get rid of we, we find a way to make it not like a lottery system and encourage comp- competition because like we talked about with the, the the bare minimum salary, how maybe we take from that, but then the draft pick, it changes a little bit and right. so that way we can encourage a more competitive environment because that's what we want because you look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's a team that we always cite every single time of they do not field a good team because their general manager is greedy and he won't spend money on the big-time free agents. It's their owner. Yeah, right, owner, yeah. yeah. And then that, it just is an endless cycle. And it's a city that deserves to be competitive but isn't. So I think this is exactly where to start with the draft picks. And there's already been a huge change in the draft system going from, what was it, 30-something rounds and now it's five? Yeah. So that, I think this is a great start.
1: Oh, Agreed. Oh, great. The players, you know, we've got a pretty clear consensus on what they want. And I think these are all fair. Honestly, I do. And the owners are in a position where they can... Satisfy these needs while receiving their highest profit—not their highest profit, of course—but while receiving some sort of profit. But you gotta take care of the players, and of course, in this CBA is going to be housing the minor league players, and that has to come into effect as well. And you know, that's more than just the housing here. As far as a more affordable pay, more issues need to come up for the minor league players, and that's actually required that MLB teams right. house these minor league.
0: Players. So it's not going anywhere with it's the CBA. Not go-
1: that's it could if. It's renegotiate if Ooh. there's a lockout. So, but as far as you know, is it going to go away? No.
0: Yeah, because it would be like a shutdown of the government where they just can't give you those funds because exactly it, it, clo- right, right. But it, Ex- once it comes back, it will be
1: right. And they, well, I think they're going to negotiate more benefits as well in there. You know, a stipend, you know, food, clothes, housing, kind of like the military. Kind of seems like at this okay. point, but we'll um. It'll be uh, certainly, like I said, not not short of any drama uh, this winter as far as negotiations. I'm sure we'll hear from we'll hear from Jeff Passan, you know, the Ken Rosenthal's, and of course we'll have our outspoken. Usually, Trevor Bauer is one of the more outspoken guys, <laughs> but I imagine he will not be anywhere near <laughs> these conversations at all. Uh, but I'm sure we'll hear from certain players uh, on social media as far as the progress of of these negotiations. Absolutely,
0: it's not. It's not going to come to an end soon. And that's what I wanted to end the show with. Annie. one last question. R- give or take a couple days. I know the opening day is April first, just about Man. when do you think opening day will be relative to the normal start of April first?
1: Uh, I believe opening day is the last day of March this year, so like by a day. Yeah. um I mean, something's got to come before and by end of February something's got to get done. So then you have a full march of spring training games. You know, pitchers and catchers will report, go through the motions there. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic here because I don't think this issue is going to get resolved easily. Uh, I'm going to say May 1st.
0: One month late almost. One month. Okay. I'll give it a month. That's what I was thinking at first. And I I will agree with you. I will say May because I just think People are getting really stingy, really dogmatic with how they want things. Players have the most rights they have in all of sports history, it seems like. I mean, closing thought for me as well, now that that you've brought it up and now that I'm thinking about it, is...
1: Rob Manfred knows that October is just a very popular time for baseball, and it's very hard. Like while you're getting views, you're getting you know viewership in there. If you the longer you delay the season, the more you're competing with competitive NFL football. You've got the NBA kickstarting, you've got hockey, and the biggest like even though you're in the postseason, it's postseason baseball. People people have other things to watch. Whereas you know majority of the summer. It's baseball or it's right. soccer or Dominate. It's, it's the Olympics, yeah. but baseball dominates as far as sports viewership. So as far as eliminating competition and money revenue, if I'm Rob Manfred, I want to get this thing done. I want a, a season that ends in a timely manner that doesn't go into the late fall, early winter that's just that's just me though, if Rob Manfred's thinking that way, but he's a money man. He works for the that's owners. That's all
0: of us. We want October baseball. Right. That's all of us. I mean I we'll think.
1: we'll get October baseball either way. It just depends if <laughs>
0: it's postseason it, does baseball. Does it matter or does it not? Exactly. <laughs> we will see. None of these like it seems the modern day stories, CAF playoffs, NFL slate, and the CBA agreements in the MLB, they're not going anywhere, so this will be our talking points for the near future into the winter shows of Sports Sunday. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving week. We'll be back next Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m., 101.5 at KOCI. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Be safe. Adios. Adios.